0: Hey guys, if you are listening to the sound of my voice, congratulations, lucky you. Uh, Welcome to Content Candy's new, 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 new show. It's called Garmin Shows with myself, Video Drew, and Lon Harris talking about entertainment news or whatever we find on the internet or whatever comes to our head. I think you guys are going to really enjoy this one. Check us out wherever you can find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Anchor, what have you. And make sure to check out patreon.com backslash video drew to find out ways you can support this network, this brand as we continue to grow. Love you. Welcome to an all new episode, a belated episode of Garmin Shows ya, the first one of 2022. I'm yeah. here with uh, my co-host as always, Lon, Lon the something Harris. There's hey. something I want to put there, but I couldn't figure it out.
1: The delinquent. That's, no, I
0: know that's your showdown thing. That's not my like, thing. I wanted to do like Lon, the the Twitter fire starter. Or oh something. boy,
1: yeah, it's real. I I don't mean to. Th- I really didn't mean to today. Today I had a I had a, just to just fulfill everybody, and I had a tweet of, that was making fun of Joe Rogan, which is a thing I do from time to time, and usually <laughs> it does not get mass attention. But
0: Lon, the I just wanted to have a normal tweet making fun of Joe Rogan. And I don't understand is why everyone is not, not
1: acceptable. Is that not a thing I should be doing? No, you totally should. Is but popular podcaster in the world. one of the well, most popular broadcasters in the world. I'm like, not saying that you can't do
0: it. I'm just saying like you have to be have the awareness that doing so is going to because he is the most popular podcaster uh, bring in some heat.
1: It's not even just his popularity because like 99.9999% of Rogan listeners could care less about me making jokes about him. It's really it's mm. just it's like this pocket of like weirdly fixated like and a lot of famous I'm not saying it's just Joe Rogan.
0: It's Johnny Depp, it's Elon Musk, a and lot it's a lot of Rogan. a lot of
1: famous people, a lot of notable people develop these kinds of followings where it's just it's Rabid. Like, it's like yeah and, and it's just like one step more intense and they feel like personal ownership like if you make fun mm-hmm. of the the celebrity they like you're making fun of them it's their community it's very tribal mm-hmm. and like yeah, and it's like Zack Snyder has a following like that, and it's not a knock on these individual people. Like, I think mm-hmm. in in some cases these people like whip up these audiences, and in some cases they're just that's the
0: audience that they got. The you know? Johnny Depp stand-up is like as crazy, I feel like, as the Trump stand-up. Just that on Twitter, that's just I'm gonna throw that grenade out there. Like they're just nuts. Like, it, and I mean, yeah, like and and you know, those are lo- all women, which is the weird, like uh, like uh, the uh, um, liar, or what? So.
1: Yeah, and a lot a lot of this stuff is. I don't know. Like, it it, it it, touches on the political, but it's also, like, there's a little bit of, like, cult of personality to it. There's 100% a hundred percent cult of personality. It's all, like, it, it, it's, it is like that MAGA thing in, in a way. Like, that's oh, the sort of prototype 100.
0: for it. A hundred percent. But I think Joe Rogan's, like, the only one that actively or is the closest to being the MAGA, like, to literally embodying, like, the... Like, Oh, well, a lot of the fans are, like, these MAGA people, I They like. are,
1: but I don't... I mean, it's an interesting thing about Rogan. I, mm-hmm. I really I really don't... I don't think of him as a malicious presence. Like, I really don't. Like, a lot of these guys, I think, are like, that's a bad guy, and they're like...
0: Dump a, him, girl. A bad
1: actor <laughs> who's purposefully doing bad things and spreading bad messages and, and, and whipping people up. You he's know, not like, Ben Shapiro. He's not Ben Shapiro. He's not Donald Trump. Like, I, I really do think that he is... J- just asking questions and speaking his truth and like speaking his own mind. I really do take him at his word on that. I think he just, he doesn't ha- take uncle Ben's advice. Like he has great power. Like he has so. I like who
0: the fuck he, okay. Uncle got ben. You. Yeah. Uncle like, Ben Parker. Aunt, Aunt May.
1: <laughs> yes. Un- un- as in Aunt May. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Rogan has more than maybe any other broadcaster in America. Probably.
0: Mm-hmm. Ma- almost maybe.
1: He's probably one of the most influential thinkers of our time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and mm-hmm. I don't think he proceeds with care about no. what messages he puts out, despite having that loud of my, a megaphone, and I think that's not great.
0: Well, I think also his thing is that he's supposed to be so inquisitive, right? That's why it's always just asking questions, blah, blah, blah. Right. But it's like the, the people he chooses to ask questions to, the, the the self-selection that goes on there is like pretty like, it's pretty like blinders. That's that's
1: what I mean. And like, I do think he's speaking his mind. I just don't think he's taking the time to inform his mind before he speaks it. And like, that's the or thing. Or try that, to
0: go outside of his world. And view. that's
1: the thing you have to do when you have an audience of literally hundreds of millions or tens of millions or however big it is. I don't know. But like, when you have that size of an audience, you do have a respect. It's your duty to not just riff. To like, if you're going to talk about something important and political
0: we're talking about it like, talk
1: think about it like talk read about hell. it bring talk experts stuff. in
0: yeah when when bring experts in that are maybe not the the comfort zone experts too like don't just it's that celebrity thing you know how i feel about celebrity where it's like you get to a certain point of fame and like doesn't matter how good of a person you were beforehand beforehand or how even headed or how normal or like how well adjusted you had to a certain level of fame for long enough and you just are like Leo and don't look up another thing we'll be talking about today like you just be, you, the blinds the blinders just get on and you can't see outside of the little bubble of influence you have and people stop telling you no and you stop hearing yeah. the word no
1: well it is it, it is similar to what i was saying about don't look up that the movie uh, which is like,
0: <laughs> well, cause I feel like that I had
1: sort of the same criticism, which is a lot of people, you know, I didn't like the movie very much. Oh no. And guys. a lot of people were Lots, writing
0: hottest takes. A lot of things. people were writing
1: back to me, but like, and, you know, cause I would be like, I just, I didn't think it did a good, like, I didn't know what the message was. Right. I'm not sure what the takeaway was supposed to be, or I'm not sure. Like, I don't think it's a very good metaphor, like all those kinds of criticisms and people would be like, you're looking too deeply into it. It's not supposed to be any of those things. It's just about how stupid everybody is. and how we can't figure out any of our problems. It's just supposed to be funny. And I'm like, well, you know what? If it's a big end-of-year movie with all of these high-profile stars and it's getting this kind of push, that's irresponsible. It should be about something more wait, than that. Wait, like,
0: wasn't everyone saying that it, w- that it was well, about something? I if you say-
1: take Adam McKay and David Sirota at their word, they don't agree with that commenter. Like, they're saying it's a very important statement movie. Not that it's just a silly entertainment that's supposed to be like, haha, I've noticed that too, that everybody on TV is an idiot. Like... Mm-hmm. I don't think oh I don't think the people who made the movie agree with that. I'm just saying, like if that were true, I don't agree with it as a guiding principle. Are like, you
0: allowed to make like you can make irresponsible movies though? I mean, like right? like that's, a, that's about a,
1: climate change.
0: but was that movie about with climate Leonardo, change? I
1: mean, they're saying it is. like
0: <laughs> yeah, but you're, the commenter wasn't the commenter was saying that it isn't like you're you're just right but about. I'm but like
1: if you no, the commentary is saying it's about it's about how we can't mobilize about our big problems like climate change. So they were saying it was like they weren't saying it was like totally not about that, but they were saying it was like it's just supposed to be. I relate to this. It's funny. Like purely like SNL level comedy where it's like, they're not trying to break down Trump's administration and where he's gone wrong. They just want you to be like, Oh, haha!" I've noticed that Donald Trump. Well, does That's do that. a weird
0: that's fucking funny. ending. That's a weird fucking ending. Then. That's,
1: I agree. I don't, I don't think that's what don't look up was, was trying to do. But I, I think even if it was trying to do that, like if you're going to make a movie with all of these people in it about climate change with a, big studio behind you in 2021 like it's urgent like don't just be silly (laughs) like have a point of view I mean I think you should
0: we we can get into that too but I want to circle back you didn't even say what your Joe Rogan tweet was about
1: oh it was literally a Simpsons meme you know that Simpsons meme of a poo diving like the guy's gonna shoot it, it's it's at the Quickie Mart.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it right now. And
1: J- it's from an episode where James Woods was curiously James enough, Woods. the guest voice. Yeah. So James Woods is working at the Quickie Mart behind the counter. A guy comes in to rob the Quickie Mart and pulls a gun. And a poo in slow motion, dives in front of James Woods like the bodyguard. They're mm-hmm. like, I'm going to take the bullet. Uh, And it's a classic meme that has been used many, many times. And it usually is about Elon Musk, mm-hmm. where it will be like, criticism is the guy with the gun. And then Elon Musk is James Woods behind the counter. And then like weird nerds is Apu diving. Yeah. yeah. And so all I did was replace, uh, you know, like Apu, I put the caption as like creepy dudes or I don't even remember. I'm looking it up right weird now. Creeps. I think I put, and then behind the counter, instead of Elon Musk, I put Joe Rogan. And, just because there's this whole thing with Ethan Klein, this YouTuber going on today, this whole like, oh, battle back and forth. Oh,
0: Lon, I see what you did. Checking out that Ethan Klein trending topic, and it's another one of these Joe Rogan behind the counter weird creeps yeah. in, in the middle. I was like, and like, then- no,
1: and he's like, you know, he's like these weird creeps. It's just, it's just like a lot of weird creeps cape for Joe Rogan every time anybody has even a reasonable criticism of him on the internet, and. The fact that so many weird creeps have now responded angrily to me, it proves the point a hundredfold. Like, if you were trying to disprove my central thesis, you would just move on with your day.
0: Wait, where are all these, where are all the attacks? I can't find, oh my God, oh, I found one, Sigma male.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're all, no, just you'll keep going. Oh it, it goes on and on and on. It's still happening. This was only a few hours ago, so it's still, it's still very active. I'm just going through and mute. I just mute. Except there's one guy I blocked uh, because he sent me an anti-Semitic meme. So if you send me racism, I'm just going to block you. And I will also report you for that.
0: Someone else says you practical common sense observations are pointing a gun at somebody. Because
1: it's a Simpsons meme. I'm not pointing a gun at anybody, folks. I'm not the Blues Brothers. It's literally a screenshot from The Simpsons that is very familiar on Twitter as a meme.
0: The only one in this meme says shocker line yeah. that's obese is practical common sense observations during year two of pandemic. Right? Manda. They
1: can't. They're, obs- they're 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 all fixated on obese.
0: By the way, this, this guy's not obese. Come- this is not the this is not the comic book guy. This is just like a random thug. I think
1: it's Snake. I, I think, think it's, it's Snake. I think it's that guy Snake, like oh, right, Yeah, like that I guy. I, think I don't think he's
0: obese. <laughs>
1: no, he's he's a nor- of normal build.
0: If they've seen him with his shirt off, they would understand.
1: <laughs> yeah. I well, and it's just I don't know. Like I, I, that must be a thing that Rogan talks about because that's universal in a lot of the replies is like, like fatness is death. Like anyone fat is extremely unhealthy. If you have, if you are fat, you're going to die of COVID. No, you should never take health advice from anyone overweight. And it, it is a, it is a weird thing theme that runs through the whole thing. And that's a lot of them are beating up on Ethan Klein for the same reason,
0: he's a little, you know, he's a little heavier, Oh, cuz Ethan t- Klein tweeted well. Ethan Klein started
1: this whole thing. He's a YouTuber at H3H3 Productions. It's an old vlog I used to watch like literally 10 years ago. Okay. He's been doing this forever. And now he and his wife Ila have a they have a podcast. He's just an old school YouTube guy. Uh and he tweeted this morning a joke about Joe Rogan like he Everybody's taking all of this vaccine advice from him mm-hmm. but he he's it's all sorts of like quack stuff and weird pills and regimens and like he's no. he's not necessarily healthy despite Looking you know his big. physique and whatever uh it's not it's not like Promoting good health.
0: No, it's just promoting being, like, ripped in a way that seems like steroids, you know? And
1: I think that in 2021, we have a pretty decent understanding of, like, you can look good. Like, you can have a nice body and be well-built and muscular, and it doesn't necessarily mean you're healthy. And I'm not defending being, you know, morbidly obese. Like, I understand that obesity carries with it health potential health complications or whatever. Yeah. I've certainly had doctors explain this to me (laughs) before in my own life, but... I I think that we we have enough of an understanding now to where it's like a heavier set person is not necessarily like at death's door and a guy who looks studly is not necessarily going to live to be 100. And I think that's all Ethan was really
0: saying. And also like we see Joe Rogan because he does the daily podcast. But I mean, have we seen him ripped in a while? I mean, like who knows what he looks like? There are a lot
1: of photos where he looks semi monstrous as well. Like there's that one that people were using to compare him to Baron Harkonnen from Dune recently. But I mean,
0: like since he's been ill, I know he does video podcasts, but like. I feel like he must have dropped a couple pounds. He probably looks a little bit sallow, I have I mean, to imagine.
1: listen, I'm not here to, I really didn't, it wasn't even, the joke's not even about Joe Rogan. My joke, Ethan's joke was about Joe Rogan. My joke was just about Joe Rogan fans. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really here to beat up Joe Rogan. Like, I, I have my issues with him, but I don't, I really, I don't think he's, like, I, I think there are a lot more toxic presences mm-hmm. than Joe Rogan. And I think that, I just wish that he would take, like, 20% more effort before talking about something on his incredibly influential and popular show to, like, think about the ramifications of what he's going to say.
0: And That's when it, and, and when it hits you is when the fandom starts coming after you, attacking? Well,
1: yeah, and I mean, but... To, to be honest, like I don't like I don't think this fandom is more pernicious than most of these kinds of fandoms. Like like the Zack Snyder fans that have come at me, the Elon oh, Musk, Musk fans that have come at me like the Johnny
0: Depp fans. I,
1: I really haven't. I guess I just like I don't praise Amber Heard and I don't really make I guess one time I, I got some some heat from Johnny Depp stands where I was just like. I was happy that Mads Mickelson replaced him yeah, that's what I got. in the in the Fantastic Beasts movie. And they were they didn't like Oh, that. yeah. They, uh, they mine was to... honestly just like I didn't like him as Grindelwald. <laughs> like my, most of my critique was just I, I didn't think he was well oh, cast. No, I got
0: I got into it with them because they are those people are specifically not men. The the, the stands, those crazy people, they're right. they're that's all Karen's. The, the
1: key difference between the depth community and like the rogan
0: guys it's people like it's women who support like the fact that he or like will will say that he never beat her up or that she beat him up equally good and that like you know she never gave him right it's just this like this 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 female sort of collective hysteria (laughs) womb hysteria over johnny depp's captain jack sparrow inability to tell the difference i don't think any dude in the world cares about whether johnny depp is a creep or not i can promise you that like that's not an important thing. I mean,
1: thing. It's, it's not even like, I don't care. It's just like, not
0: something, but. The, the, I don't,
1: I think we probably know about as much as we'll ever know about this situation. It just
0: seems sad. And like, I feel like no guy's really invested in proving that Johnny Depp is not a creep or like invested in trying to defend I, Johnny Depp.
1: I, I mean, no, I'm, I'm basically at the point of like, I feel like Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, you know, like it, it was a, like they're both probably troubled people. I'm sure he did things wrong. I'm sure she did things wrong. I don't know. I can't parse it. I'm, I, it's beyond my ability to like <laughs> sift through everything and figure out who's at fault. And I don't, I it's mean, not have. my job. Like I don't, I feel, I feel like I don't know. I don't know how to even begin to do that.
0: Oh really? I feel like that's the one I came hard down on. Maybe because the fans came after me so hard. And I just everyone... don't
1: know. I'm not saying, I'm not defending Johnny Depp. I honestly don't know the exact details of what happened. And it's so, oh, it's so bafflingly so confusing. Dumb.
0: It's so dumb. What happened was they came out like, you know how the British papers are allowed to uh, like they, the liability laws are way different in right. britain and they aren't allowed to just like do what we consider here like slander or libel like as yeah. easily as we can where it's like yes it's easier to, prove- to
1: sue somebody for that stuff in the uk than
2: it is yeah for.
0: way way easier because right. a lot of times like you, they don't have the the burden of proving malicious intent which right. is like here J. Jonah jameson can say peter parker spider-man and even if it's not true peter parker can't sue him because like he can't prove that like he meant it maliciously and that he knew right. it was untrue when he said it like you have to go through all these hoops i think it's only been Prosecuted like successfully like four or five times and like right history. and there was all
1: that going on with Depp in the UK like well, yeah, the lawsuits d- and stuff but
0: I- the Depp yeah but it's super easy to prove that in the UK and yet he still failed his own lawsuit I just I I just
1: mean like the specifics of like who did what to like I believe he did he did awful things like I'm not defending him yeah I I think he's he probably did violent things and was abusive. I think she probably also did like, it seems like they both have evidence against one another.
0: Yeah. Well, the, the problem. The, and like,
1: I believe both of them and I believe neither of them. And I'm just like, I just want to be done with it. It's
0: more just like with giant upset. What's fascinating to watch is like the spectacular flame out that is his own creation. Like he started this lawsuit, right? So like the, the paper printed whatever they wanted saying that like he's an abuser or whatever. Right. He could have just been like, let it go. But instead like there was this big Rolling Stone article about him like being sad on his island all alone drinking like out of these glass. All the red and-
1: wine, the constant red wine yeah. drinking. Yeah, yeah. I and remember.
0: so that was like a perfect storm. Then it to him just bringing everything out in public for this new trial about how they meant it maliciously or how like this was done right. to hurt him. And in the course of that, so much came out about Johnny Depp's like personal life that was like so ugly, and you're just like, why did you do? Why did you sue? Yeah, this is like,
1: and it, it's definitely Streisand effect, where it's like if he had just shut up, ignored it, it would have blown. We over would not have known now. that
0: he uh, once messaged well, who's who's vision who's Paul the, Bettany. Paul Bettany, like threatening to like burn her at the stake, yes, like, a, re- like right. all this whole thing, that. how he was like fired from the set or like basically had to be taken off the set of the pirates movies because he did too much ecstasy and almost yeah. cut off his thumb. I like, mean <laughs> I,
1: but that to me is like fucking awesome. Like i mean, like like dude, they we, we had to remove you from playing Captain Sparrow because you were on too much ecstasy. I'm like, that makes me like him. Like that's not <laughs> that's not working on me at all.
0: Yeah okay. Fine, fine, fine. But I mean like all this stuff that made him sound like a crazy set. Oh he like definitely
1: a, yeah for sure.
0: And I mean like, like the, drinking out of like human skulls is would, basically where I'm do you at. remember
1: this did not blow up. Like my brother and I both noticed this because we're we're big fans of his, but about a year ago, there was a woman who was making allegations forever ago, like 30-year-old allegations about Bob Dylan. She was like, Bob Dylan molested me on a tour. I don't
0: remember that one. I don't
1: want to bring this back like I'm making accusations. But Mm -hmm. when it happened... I sent the link to my brother and we were talking about like, it's kind of amazing that that hasn't happened to literally every dude who was famous before like 1995. Like, like there were, the rules were so different. Like, I know I'm not saying it was good, but like in the seventies and like our dudes who were famous in the seventies, still famous. How have they all not been taken out by now?
0: Oh, oh, absolutely. Like they all, all did gods. that
1: shit. They all, all did that. Our shit. old
0: gods. Like, yeah, they basically, it's, it's impossible. I mean, the Norman Mailer thing's a good example. Yeah, it's the Norman Mailer
1: Well, our people were talking about like John and Paul during the Beatles documentary. It's like, I, I, it's do, every you understand, single like, dude who was famous in
0: 1969. Do, we, do people really not understand the issue yet? It's not, the personal responsibility, although that's important. It's the systemic issue. Yeah, like, which is, is the, that like that was the normalized behavior yeah, to not do that would be. the other day. way if
1: you weren't like when a famous person was doing something wrong, you just ignored it. It was yeah, that well, was that was what everybody did. Well,
0: and it was expected of you behavior. Like to act in that way, to be like a playboy, to do these problematic things was was more than just sort of like whatever. Like it was it was expected. This is how right. you like and, maintain
1: power. And mm-hmm. so I guess like it, it is always shocking to me. It's like Like, that any of these dudes are just, like, going on with their lives. Like, you know what you
0: did. Yeah, I mean, the Norman Mailer stuff is hilarious. I mean, the Norman Mailer stuff is hilarious because Random House is canceling. You know what you you did. In a day and age when John Mulaney is, like, can be, like, you know, people can have issues with him because he cheated on his wife or, like, Did he even, I mean, do we
1: even have, I don't. Oh, you're right, Let me right. stop you right there. I don't think we have concrete evidence that Right, that, John that he Malady left his on. wife. That he, he left, left his, his wife, wife yes. and
0: got another woman pregnant. And in the sense that people had this fallout that was a nuclear fallout yeah. because his personality was supposed to be that of like a wifey guy, I guess, whatever. He made, well,
1: he made a lot of jokes about how much he loved his wife. And, and how much
0: he didn't want kids. Yeah. And,
1: and I think, I don't know, part of it to me with Mulaney is also that the jokes are funny because they're affectionate. And if they weren't, it would be like, he's kind of making fun of his wife. Like yeah. he's kind of making jokes like she's like a Jewish ballbuster and he's sort of making fun of her. And it's okay when they're married because it's like, well, that's his wife. He's like, yeah, they're in love. He's just teasing. But now that they're not together, it's like now is that bad? Like he can't go back in time and change the jokes. Now I understand.
0: No, but I also think it's more that it's more that he the, the, he traded on that parasocial thing, where like where he just seemed like you know him and like you knew about his right. life and you yes. knew about and you know about his doggy and you knew about it, all this thing. Yeah. So that, it feels like a betrayal. But I'm saying if that is the baseline of some guy who's not even doing anything illegal, who like who went to rehab and divorced his wife yeah. and he met somebody new, and you're right, like we yeah in 2021
1: like, that's over the line. And like we're talking about. Like Norman Miller, yeah. You don't even understand, like what was going like.
0: You guys like, watched Mad Men, like, right? That was a good guy yeah, in that like, time period.
1: Almost Famous is like the most sanitized version of it ever, and they still had to cut stuff out for the theatrical release. Really? Yeah, that's <laughs> like it was. It was darker. It was a little darker. Yeah. In, in Cameron Crowe's early early drafts, but anyway, but like because the show was dark. Yeah. Like it was a dark time. Being
0: and, a woman is uh, a continuous yeah, and hard. like the
1: seventies rock world, like holy shit. And so the fact that like. Any of those dudes managed to like keep their careers going in the present days? Is, it's sort of amazing. Or like
0: even like the the rock stars too, like the McJack. Jag- yeah, like
1: it's only Van Morrison and Eric Clapton are in trouble, and everybody else is just like.
0: What Eric Clapton do?
1: I mean, Eric Clapton's infamously always just been like I mean, a bad know, guy, like a piece of shit. Well, like, he
0: threw the baby out the window, or not threw the baby. He what? The- oh
1: my god, he did not throw a baby out. The- it's horrible.
0: <laughs> no, I know he didn't throw the baby, out. but <laughs> it's he a wrote, he, he, thing wrote to a, say. he wrote a song about how the baby fell. Pho- he wrote a
1: song about the. the About the baby in the window. But no, it's more like he had a, there's there's an infamous racist rant that he went on one time from concert stage. Why
0: would he need to do that? About
1: immigrants and uh, immigrants need to get out. No, in like the 70s. Like he's been a, that's what I'm saying. Eric Clapton has been infamously awful for like his, his entire career. Like people just have not liked him. It was always, in Cream, the whole thing was, there's a great documentary that I highly recommend, called "Beware of Mr. Baker." That's about Ginger Baker, who was the, the 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 drummer for Cream. Okay. and it, it was always uh, like, who's the bigger asshole in Cream, Eric Clapton, the guitarist, or Ginger Baker, the drummer? And then there was saying,
0: was it Clapton the singer? No,
1: Jack Bruce is the singer. Oh shit! Okay. Uh, I guess Clapton like does vocals on a few songs he did uh, Tears
0: in Heaven the one about the baby coming that's, out the that's
1: window not, that's not that's an Eric Clapton song that's not a Cream song Clapton's been in like 18 bands so okay they, gotcha like, he would cause he was such an asshole he would like he would join this band and then like after half an album they'd be like get the fuck out of here and then he'd join another band he
0: reminds me of some people we know yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah very much so Um, so anyway like yeah like so so, and he's got and, and Clapton he's made he's anti-vax and he's made some very Ugh! underlying questionable statements about a lot of shit so he's just being bad and then van morrison had that like anti-semitic song
0: um can i ask you? they control the
1: media it's called
0: wait really yeah oh my god and then kenneth brown wait they control the media it's called
1: van morrison released a song last year called they control the media he was like i mean the elites and it's like sure you do
0: to be honest we're adam mckay is five minutes away from getting there (laughs) (laughs) adam mckay's view apparently of what don't look up is about is uh, a tirade against the fucking Cable news organizations, which like makes no sense well, to me. I didn't know that's what it was about. it' yeah, it's morning news. I
1: I was reading. I read the the Daily Rip first of all. There's the first scene in the movie where they introduce the idea of the Daily Rip before you've seen the show. And the way they describe it is like a like how you would describe the Joe Rogan experience. They're like, oh, it's edgy, and this is what people are watching. This is how you make the headlines, and this is this is the you know, like they're talking but about But it's like
0: morning shows. And shit. it's
1: it's a fucking morning show. It's, and just it's like, like that's not accurate. Like, that's not what the world is like. Also, and it's
0: not like I thought I didn't realize this was the same things they were talking about. I thought that was supposed to be like a vlog or something. No, then,
1: that's what they're talking about. But it's, it's not edgy, it's ridiculous. It's like and the view. I thought it was supposed to be uh Kelly Rippa's show, like Kelly and Ryan. And yeah. I thought, and I thought Tyler Perry's character was like a sort of. I thought Kate Blanchett was supposed to be a Kelly Ripa type, mm-hmm. and I thought Tyler Perry was supposed to be like a Michael Strahan. Type.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what people talking. have
1: since written back to me, and they're like, they think, and I, I think they're right about this. Mm-hmm. I think it's really specifically Morning Joe and that Kate Blanchett is supposed to be Mika and that Tyler Perry is supposed no, to be... Uh, no,
0: because Mika, the thing about Morning Joe is Mika and Joe are very political. I and agree. The, the, and the whole thing here is that they refuse to get into the politics. But
1: the, the, the like they're on a cable news network and Kelly and, and Ryan are on network and it's the logo. The Daily RIP logo really does look exactly like the Morning Joe.
0: Okay, logo. so here's the thing, I guess, about the cable news versus like network news here. The, 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 or, like morning shows, like the you versus whatever like the five it's like who is this really the this the satire like that. this that's this, this hyper specific and then who's it for like the, if this is kelly right. versus uh if this is mika and joe versus uh the people who are going to think this is just like the, the good morning america parody like who is this really for like i don't know is it for mswc viewers well like, is yeah it?
1: and i mean i i was tweeting about this today too it's just it, it's like obviously the people you would most want to reach, like the people that we all want to like shake and be like, this is important. Yeah, are those people, people aren't are going to The deniers, yeah. like people who don't believe in climate change, they're not encouraging their representatives to do anything about it. In fact, they're, they're the other way. They're the parents in the movie, like we support the comet because of the jobs that it'll bring. Yeah. Like, that's the line in the movie that's supposed to be about those people. and. I, those people aren't watching this movie, or if they are, they're applying it to their own causes and not to this cause that they don't believe. Yeah, but in. I
0: think this would alienate them.
1: I feel like yeah, it's yeah. calling them stupid. But yeah. I think I think this movie is designed for people to watch it and feel, feel like good about them yeah, from- everybody else is an idiot, but I'm I'm the one who gets. I'm Dr. Mindy. I'm Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> I'm the smart one who gets it. All these other idiots don't get it. And if you look at the tenor of the debate about it, that's clearly the message.
0: I mean, that's su- that really sucks because uh, that that kind of if that's what it like, it's sort of uh, bringing out in people. Yeah, it's, it's bringing out the worst kind of people. Oh, right,
1: everyone's dumb but me. Yeah, It's bringing
0: out the worst of the best kind of people, which was, is like people we ostensibly agree with. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was in
1: I was in an argument with a guy, and I tr- I'm really trying not not to do this anymore. I just I don't want twenty twenty two people. I'm really tired of arguing about movies. Just in any venue. Why, but especially on Twitter. Let's
0: do it about Joe Rogan. But uh, <laughs> well, we don't
1: argue. We discuss. But um, and
0: I'm saying you and me. I'm saying you and whoever on the internet.
1: I was talking to somebody online about this and they were like, you know, they were saying it is it's a call to action, it's supposed to motivate people to want to do something about Why? Climate change. And I was like, But what what is the action? Like, what's the lesson? What's they the fail, they
0: fail at it. And they were
1: like, Well, we shouldn't elect another dumb president, more leaders who aren't gonna do anything. And it's like, But Joe Biden did say he was gonna do something, he just lied. Like <laughs> the problem wasn't that we didn't vote for the right guy, it's that we voted for the right guy, and then he didn't do what he said he was gonna do. Well, but, well, yeah, and or and and, and and I know people are listening to this like he tried and the Republicans wouldn't let him, but like, okay. He didn't have a plan. He ran promising he'd be able to do something and then he, he knew the whole time he wasn't able to do anything. Regardless, none of that shit matters. <laughs> like I just it, the the point I'm making is the problem in this case I don't think is that nobody knows about or cares about climate change. I really don't think that's the problem. I think we all feel helpless. And I don't think that this, this movie, movie does anything, anything to alleviate that or to talk about it or to communicate other than like go have a nice meal with your family, which strikes me as a little bit of a privileged
0: Feels yeah that, that that was the part that really worked for me was that that ending I, but like I thought it was like a very Ray Bradburyish ending you know what else worked for me, well, for it, me? but like but again on an emotional level not on like a right. call to action level it was like the Chalamet stuff near the end where it's like oh like oh yeah he's religious but his religion's like been this low key like he doesn't even want to talk about it but at the end it provides comfort and like religion and comfort that's the thing about Midnight Mass too was like religion yeah. can be used as like a comforting tool during these times I, and I it's think, like yeah that's the only message there there was there for well, that
1: and I and I do I agree with that like mm-hmm. and this, this was I. I didn't hate the movie when I was watching it. Me it. Hated, hated the, the i hated the uh, discourse and the responses. I
0: hated, what's his name? I hated, what's his name? I don't like,
1: I don't like McKay and Sirota coming out and like blaming people who didn't like the movie. And like, I, I feel like they are being very like weirdly self-aggrandizing and like,
0: they're becoming really to, dead, like pedantic. Like yeah. The trying stars. to center
1: themselves in a conversation that really is not about them at all. And, uh, but I did, when I was watching the movie, I did enjoy the, the DiCaprio storyline. I thought he was the greatest line. part. I thought like, that he was very good and I thought that it's a good, it's a, it's a good, like if the movie got rid of all of its satirical whatever bullshit and was just that story yeah. about a guy who is not a media savvy expert, just an expert on his little field and then gets swept up in this campaign and lets it consume him and take over his life. And then at the end he realizes it's meaningless and it's empty and he just should go back to the people that he loves. If it was that story, I would probably have liked the movie.
0: You know what, though? I just like, think it
1: doesn't need any of this bullshit SNL stuff about Mark Rylance. And- I
0: thought Mark Rylance, the whole thing with Mark Rylance, I was like, oh, are we serious? Like You looked at Ready Player One, yeah. and you were like, that's the part where you Why are you taking
1: any element at all from Ready Player
0: One? But it's specifically that element. Like, the Mark Rylance character is, like, because super- like, even in, as opposed to how it is in the book, like, that character just come off as, like, an offensive stereotype of, like, people with asperger's who are on the spectrum a little
1: bit i also just think it's like it's so dumb i get that it's easy and fun to make fun of like the billionaires going to space thing and like i don't like those guys like i think that's dumb and funny like i'm i'm not against but, like why was he talking all like what was his what was well, the character that's not like i it's only tangentially related to what the movie's about
0: right it wasn't really at all related it's like it. a
1: distraction and it's a, a huge subplot
0: well the, and the, this is what got me about the jonah hill stuff is like I liked everything in the movie, but the first 45 were really hard to get through because I was just like, get fucking Cartman off my screen. Like, I don't know what Cartman's doing in this movie. Like, why? Oh, Jonah Hill? Yeah, Jonah Hill's like stupid character. I I thought it was so dumb. I felt
1: bad for a few actors in it. I didn't feel
0: bad. I I think he was so into this. It just felt
1: like they got like, They they literally had SNL, like one sentence SNL characters. It's just like, but you're like, play this for an entire movie. I'm I'm thinking
0: he's pretty smugly happy about it. If I had imagined him and and Leo, like, because Leo's this is Leo's thing. We would have liked to see that other movie, but the thing is, Leo wasn't going to make that other movie because Leo's whole thing is the global warming. Right. But I would like,
1: like, yeah, the Cape Blanchett. Jonah Hill, even even Meryl Streep, like Meryl Streep
0: was like also. There's a very... so many
1: really talented people that are just like super wasted in these I incredibly. Thought... Broad, dumb roles. I like. Actually, thought the, like, the
0: Blanchett one was a good character. What I, I just, did, just... I thought it was like a Gillian Flynn kind of character. I was yeah. like the, the reveal that she's like actually this hyper intelligent, like knows all these different languages. She's being wasted. She's being dumbed down to like the stupidest parts of her personality, like to have to play that on air so, when like, she's like actually like a genius and like a Machiavellian schemer. Like thought that was a pretty like it's nuanced. Just, play. I, I
2: just felt kind
0: of one note.
1: The whole thing felt like sketch comedy premise. You know, yeah. like
0: I want to know more about like Tyler Perry's thing. Like what was he I just I person. like
1: why not let the, like fewer characters but let them play a character like let it give it a little bit of more something shading. I could something.
0: Have, yeah I could have also watched the whole movie about Chalamet and Jennifer Lawrence's relationship. Like this almost feels like if maybe they'd been a mini series they'd spent more time. You're right. No, it characters. doesn't need to be a mini
1: series. Like it just needs time to like the characters. Yeah, it just needs to like n- not the shtick doesn't work. And, and again, when it, when it silences the shtick and it's just a movie. It's better. Yeah. But it's consumed with shtick. It's obsessed with shtick. Like they It can- was it
0: trying to be Doctor Strange Love. Is that what it was trying to do?
1: Well, I I McKay hasn't said that. Other people have said that.
0: I I've never seen Doctor Strange Love. It just what? feels like that's the analogy that people are trying oh. to make.
1: Uh Doctor Strange Love is, above all else, hilariously funny. Like you could watch Doctor Strange Love you knew nothing about brinksmanship or nuclear war or like the cold war. You don't need to know. It's just a funny premise. And okay. Peter Sellers is hilarious. Like okay. and it's, it's beautifully acted like George C. Scott is incredible in it. Uh, Sterling Hayden is really funny in it. It's just a great movie, brilliantly directed, okay. very funny. It also happens to have a lot of interesting insights into world politics at that time. Okay. But that's what I think the big difference is, is like, You could watch Doctor Strange of it. It's just funny. Like, it's just a good comic. And
0: this is just not.
1: This was not consistently funny to me. And I know some people have read me, and they're like, they thought it was consistently funny. So that's I, subjective. How, that, that's Your mileage may vary. I mean, uh,
0: honestly, like, how can you find it consistently funny? Because either you find well, stuff like the Jonas Hill stuff funny or you find the other stuff funny because I, like
1: some people thought it was a laugh riot. Like and they, they, they find I,
0: both parts funny. Those are like didactically dissiparate ideas. Mean, I don't
1: like listen, what you find funny is up to you, and I'm not trying to judge you. But, I am, but I do think that to me, I can only speak for myself. To me, the comedy felt it felt a little mean-spirited.
2: Yeah, absolutely it just
1: felt like it was that comedy that's designed to make you feel superior to other people. Yeah, like and I I don't think global war – climate change is not one of those topics that makes me feel superior to other people. No, it makes you feel there terrible. There are topics that
0: make me feel superior.
1: We were just talking about one. Joe G- Rogan. Joe Rogan makes <laughs> you feel better <laughs> than other
0: people. Like uh, not
1: being a Joe Rogan fan makes me feel a little better
2: than
0: well, me. i well, but but, but,
1: but, uh, but like, yeah, like uh, that's not a feeling that I I think is positive to associate with climate change because that's where we're at. We're, we're all constantly fighting. Everybody's like, I'm right. You're wrong. Nobody's listening to anybody else. Like I don't see how this moves – that conversation forward at all
0: no not only does it not move it forward but like now what they're saying what it's about like again like i found it like kind of annoying to watch but then like or like in some parts but then i the re- ending really worked for me it didn't work for eric and I, we went to bed that night and he was like i really didn't like that movie and i was like honestly i, th- I thought it worked like I, it came together it worked for me then i started reading the fucking comments i started reading what the screenwriter had to say and the way that he was attacking film critics about it like, about their take on it. Like, really calling them, like, basically climate change deniers for not agreeing yeah. that his movie was good. It felt so much like a satire that at first I was like, maybe he's doing performance art? Like, maybe that's what this is? Maybe I don't think
1: so. But- no, no, I
0: don't think so either. But, like, that was my first thought. Because I was like, he sounds like somebody in one of his movies. Is that is? Does he think those are the heroes? Is Meryl Streep the hero here? But, uh. Yeah, I mean, and even Madame McKay, who didn't do as much bad uh, stuff or say as much bad stuff, he did say that thing where it's like, if you don't like climate change, you're probably not going to like this movie. If you don't believe in climate change, you probably won't like this movie. And it's like, yeah, it's not the same thing as saying that people who don't like the movie are climate change deniers, but it's getting pretty close, and it's a, like, false flag argument, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. It's just like... I don't, I don't know. It's,
0: it's just, I think, like, the whole thing
1: is just, at this point, it's just tiresome to me. Like, if you don't have any, it, it really is, like, if you don't have anything positive to contribute, we're, we're all upset. We're all upset, you know? Yeah. We're all upset about this, or at least those of us who believe in it are upset about it. Yeah. And, like, I just don't see, you know, like, I, I guess there's some solidarity, and we all are upset about the same thing. Like, I guess people feel validated by it But but, it's, but But
0: it's alienating people who are upset by it, but just don't like your movie.
1: Right. Yes. And I I, like we've lost all that all that nuance. There is no way you if you think it's that's the that's a troubling thing that's coming out of this that I think like speaks to just how we view film criticism in general. It's like if you agree with what the point it's making is about climate change, you're supposed to just. Say it's a good movie, even if you didn't like the movie? Like, yep. is
0: that where we're at? As or a... if you agreeing that climate change exists, then, like, yeah, like, guess, like then Adam you K- have
1: to say the movie that's is what's, good? That's
0: why it's such a bad faith argument for advocates. McK- I really do truly believe it's a bad faith argument because I can't think of the scenario where he's like, look, the people who are coming to me with complaints about this movie, turns out they all just hate climate change. Like, no, he's not trying to, just, like, warn away climate change deniers, being like, you're not going to find my movie funny. I know you generally like stepbrothers and Talladega Nights, but try <laughs> maybe stay away from this one, folks. Yeah. Like, that's not what he's saying. He's saying that, like, He's drawing an equivalency between people who don't like this movie and have criticisms about it and people who don't believe in climate change, even yeah. though this movie is about a meteor. Uh you can tell that this like this really got under my skin when I tweeted something back to him about this, I was like climate change like I thought it was a meteor like and, and I was like in, in all due respect I really did like the movie, you can check my timeline blah blah. And somebody tweeted back at me with all due respects, like it's a metaphor and then they posted a screenshot of the word metaphor, like the definition from like websters.com. And I was like Okay, with all due respect, I'm not sure if you know what the phrase "all due respect" non-sarcastically means. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's it is a very sarcastically applied phrase a lot of times, but you have to yeah. understand the difference of like a good faith use of it, like yes. what I did, uh, and being a total piece of shit, like what you yeah. just did. But it's, mm-hmm. it's it, I mean, like,
1: I guess it's a metaphor, but what is the, me- like, it's an, it's not a good metaphor.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it's a metaphor where you you have no
1: ch- It's an awkward metaphor.
0: Well, it's a metaphor about, like, how we we're past the Rubicon, like, we passed it. But no they point don't that. think
1: that. They don't think that. They think that, they, they think that we could still make the rocket plan work. Well, then like,
0: why not make the movie about the rocket plan working? Why should it just show us well, a version of the Rubicon? well well, i mean like
1: we have that movie and it's brilliant folks
0: (laughs) i'm just saying like if they want to show the ways that change can be enacted even if last minute we all wake up to it i feel like that's the movie like then that's that's the third act that you need not a third act that is resigned and sort of like okay well it's already happened like if the metaphor was supposed to be about climate change then the message of this movie was well it's too fucking late like nothing you can do is going to stop it because people are too dumb yeah who are you muting
1: I'm just muting Joe Rogan fan. Like, at this point, it's literally, it's just a pure overlap of just, like, people who uh, like to point out that it's not healthy to be obese, anti-vaxxers, and just people who, like, can't get over someone making a silly joke about
0: it. I want to look at your likes and replies. Oh, my God. It's just,
1: uh, I'm not, I don't like the people who are going through and, like arguing with the argue. Like, I don't, I, I try to stay above the fray. I don't even go. Into
0: I, don't, comments I don't, I don't, I really like being in the fray. The sure. fray is my favorite place jump to Jump on
1: in, jump on into the fray.
0: I mean, I, it is noticeable that this holiday season, I got to my 10 K, my first, my I first. saw that.
1: Congratulations. Thank you. And
0: I have to think in the most part, that was because I kept tweeting about, don't look up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like well, it, it must that, be, right? I mean, like, that's all I do. Mm-hmm. Like that people are always at like, I, I, it, there were two things that happened that I had no control over. Mm-hmm. One is I joined Twitter very early and the guy who got me into it was my boss at the time who had a big following. and was like a tech guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he would just tweet like, follow my friend Lon. Then they would just tweet out my username. So like that's how I got my first sort of foundation of early followers. And then Screen Junkies, you know, being – on screen junkie shows with people with much bigger followings, like Dan. Uh, that's how I got my audience. You know,
0: I'm retweeting your thing about David Sirota. Uh, you 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 did yeah. mention that the guy who wrote "Don't Look Up" had a very good tweet today.
1: Oh my God, he yeah, he's, Sirota. He's, he's he, literally he,
0: becoming the Leo Cap yeah, character. Yeah, he,
1: he co-wrote the story. He didn't even write the script. He came oh. up with the story along with Adam McKay.
0: And he's also trying to sell newsletters. He's got a whole.
1: story by credit on
0: this. Okay, state. okay, and he has a newsletter. I don't know newsletter. Else, I don't know anything else. He was about. on
1: Bernie's 2016 campaign, that's when I first learned about David Sirota.
0: So his tweet today says, uh, he's been the worst about Twitter during this whole thing, by the way. He's really come after... He's known... Premier. I mean,
1: in fairness, since 2016, he's been known for, like, powder keg, like, wild tweets. Like, he's a guy who likes to... Th- you know, oh, provoke yeah. on Twitter yeah. and has, has been, you know, in the middle of a lot of Twitter battles or whatever. Yeah. But I
0: mean, personally calling out Matt Zoller sites like he did, like being like this very respected film critic is uh, bad and hates climate change yeah. uh, is a climate change denier just because he didn't like his movie it was a bridge too far. I know Matt Zoller sites like fuck you, dude. So anyway, today, David Sirota, uh, who never tweeted back at me by the way, felt very offended. Ass. I know, uh, wrote a tweet saying it's finally happened. I thought, finally. I thought this was going to be like, it's finally happened. I have to get off Twitter because I'm canceled, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Finally happened. The amount of emails, texts, messages, DM, and Facebook messages have finally become so enormous that there's actually no way I can respond to it all. Still thinking this is him being like, guys, you got to leave me alone. Then he says, I am sorry if I haven't gotten back to you. It doesn't mean I've, quote, gone Hollywood. It just means I'm inundated. So... What he's saying is he's now too popular to yeah. write back your, to you. I, I,
1: I love my favorite part of that whole thing is the quotes around gone, gone Hollywood, because that's like, it's not him. He would never say he's gone Hollywood. No. Other, it's, some are it's saying def- that is definitely Dave a- Sirota's gone Hollywood.
0: Yeah, I said, yeah, you know, it's like this from The Angler. Yeah. David Sirota's it's, gone it's Hollywood. Pure, it's
1: pure Trump. It's pure Trump stuff that like many people are saying. He did another one too where he said, many people are saying that it's the greatest climate movie ever, which is like, first of all, Better than inconvenient truth, so you're you're putting yourself out there. Yeah, it was very the Trumpian. movie that taught most of us what climate change was. You're saying you're but you're doing better than that. No, not not mentioned in your movie. Wait, Fair enough. Just, uh, but then yeah, well, like, but that's the most Trumpian thing. The like many are saying that uh, it's the greatest wall that's ever been built. Like wait,
0: wait 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 wait. He's saying now, he's quoting somebody and saying, Excuse me. Adam McKay's Don't Look Up starring Jennifer Lawrence and Leonardo DiCaprio has recorded the biggest week of views in Netflix history with more than 152 million hours streamed. Didn't Squid Game have more than that?
1: I'm sorry. Repeat it.
0: He's saying Adam McKay's Don't Look Up starring Jennifer Lawrence and Leonardo DiCaprio has recorded the biggest week of views in Netflix history with more than 152 million hours streamed.
1: He's saying that's number one for any piece of content or any movie. Any content. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Well, no, it wouldn't. Squid Game would have been a month, not a week, because Squid Game took word of mouth time.
0: What? But didn't it hit more than that? Because it's outwards. Squid, stream, Squid it was Game. A TV. Squid Game
1: has the like most ever award, and I think. I think it's the fastest international show in a month.
0: 1.65 billion hours. But that's
1: overall. That's not in the first week or the first. He's doing that Netflix game of like, he's picking the one stat that works based on like, is it the most?
0: Read read the stat again. Okay. So here's the squad about Squid Game is at 1.65 billion billion hours viewed in its first 28 days.
1: Right. That's, That's in a month. He's saying in a week, though. Yeah, Don't Look Up hasn't even been up for a month yet.
0: Yeah, I So we can't
1: compare month to month. He's,
0: but but even, if, even if it maintained or even grew its trajectory, it will not well, hit Squid Game. the difference
1: mass. is that Squid Game was not a, it went on the front page of everybody's Netflix the it day did. it went up because it, it had Leonardo. No, it did. It, like in Korea, but not in the U.S. It took a while to build an international did, audience.
0: Didn't it come to the same us the same week that we got Midnight Mass and they were pushing it so hard that Midnight all, Mass was getting pushed out?
1: All it 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 hit internationally all at once, but it it was it was number one, in, I think something like thirty some countries before it was number one in the U.S. Like it took it. Squid Game was at least semi organic. Oh, like like here's the thing about Netflix. Net that you have to understand. It's very important to understand that Netflix has a lot of control about what you click. Mm-hmm. Like they can choose to put stuff on that front banner. Mm -hmm. They can choose to autoplay it when you first go to Netflix. They choose what your thumbnails look like and they choose where they're placed. Mm -hmm. They can choose what goes in your algorithm. Like they can press their thumb on the lever as much as they want to, to encourage you to watch something. So when things like red notice and don't look up, come out and they're like, they have these blockbuster first weeks where they're like, 780 million households watch Red Notice like it's true but they're goosing it. They're goose suits. Yeah, it's an old circus term. It's an
0: old circus term. I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to parse this so Whereas something
1: yeah. like Squid Game, they might be goosing it in Korea cuz they spent a lot of money and they want Koreans to watch it. But they didn't know in advance that that was going to be number 1 in the US, so they weren't goosing it yet. It took them like 3 weeks to get to that point. So it built over time, as opposed to something like "Don't Look Up," which obviously is going to have the biggest first week okay. because they were like, "DiCaprio, we could put a famous person on the front page." Okay,
0: from the week of September 27th to October 3rd, "Squid Game," "Squid Game" uh, had. Uh, it just said it. It just said. Squid, Squid Game debuted on charts at number one with 1. 1.9 billion minutes of viewing. So I don't know what that translates to. And that's for the first week. I don't know what that translates to hour-wise. Maybe it is like a little bit less than...
1: It's probably a little bit less in the first week. And then Squid Game had a blockbuster second and third week because that was when it started picking up in all these other countries. Squid Game ended up being number one in like like 70 countries. Like that's the secret of Squid Game. It wasn't just that it was a huge hit in this pocket or there. It like blew up everywhere. And Don't Look Up is not going to do that. So like the month-long total, there's no way Don't Look Up is going to catch Squid Game. I refuse to believe it. Yeah. Because Squid Game was a legit phenomenon. Well, it was a
0: TV show, so if you're counting by hours watched, it would be impossible for it to catch up because there was more than one episode. It just was,
1: but it also, it just wasn't, it wasn't purely Netflix like manipulating it. It was like everybody watched it.
0: Everyone in all the worlds.
1: Like, it, it, it legitimately built word of mouth. There were... And you could tell, like, it entered the pop culture mainstream. Like,
0: yeah, people guy, started...
1: Yeah. Like, those honeycomb candies became a thing. Mr.
0: It's, Beast IRL Squid Game. Mr. Drunk. Beast made a real
1: version of it, right? Like, like, uh, like, it was on Saturday Night Live, remember? Like, Pete Davidson did that country song about Squid Game. Mm-hmm. So, uh... If Don't Look Up gets there, then I'll be like, okay, it's a legit pop culture phenomenon. But until then, it's it's Red Notice. Like, have you heard anybody reference Red Notice? Everybody apparently watched it. We got those huge numbers. It's because they put it on everybody's homepage and just auto-played it. And then they counted that as a view.
0: Yeah, well, it's not even they're doing it by view. Nielsen is still getting real wonky about it. It's like how many hours watched. when I mean, you log Netflix has hours.
1: switched to this, too. Netflix was doing Households Viewed who viewed to the first 2 minutes and then nobody was taking it seriously so they've switched to total minutes or hours viewed mm-hmm. overall
0: yeah, this is just. Uh, I just think it's like, for it's just annoying. This guy is really annoying. This guy is getting on my last nerve. This That's Sarutica. what I mean
1: about the whole movie. Is like the movie didn't bother me as much as the dialogue around it.
0: But has. maybe that makes sense if he didn't write the script. It's just like his idea about. Yeah, World no. Warming.
1: He and he and he and McKay had like a series of conversations or something that turned into this movie because he's got that story by credit, but he didn't write the the script, which also thankfully means um. He's not going to be if it if it gets nominated for original screenplay. He will not get an Oscar.
0: Thank God. Yeah, he's saying his best line in the film, his favorite line, uh, or like he's retweeting people saying their favorite line is, "You, your dad and I are for the jobs the comet will provide. But yeah, again, that's what like, I just quoted. Yeah, I know, I know. But I'm just saying like, that's what he thinks is like the best line. So that's like what he's saying is like, he thinks those people are dumb, right?
1: Well, but those are the people I would think you would make this movie for. Like you want to win those people over, not call them stupid. Yeah. Like those are the people we need to try to convince. I I don't think we, I'm not saying I think we can convince climate change deniers at this point, but if you were going to try to make that kind of a positive impact with a movie, I think that would be who you'd aim for. The rest of us are on board.
2: Yeah. Like fix it.
1: I'm, I'm with you. Let's do it. But I don't know. I like, I read stuff. I read a thing. uh, I was researching a, a, some more news video and I read a thing that a guy wrote and it was like the number one. And they the, the question was, it was a climate scientist. One of these guys who's studying the, 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 the phenomenon of climate change and how rapidly it's progressing. And they were like, what's the number one thing? Forget like countries, co- corporations, regular people. If we as a human species were going to make one overnight change to like put us on the right path to, to making this better, what would we do? He was like, eliminate air travel. And they were like, oh, so you mean like we cut down, figure out more efficient ways to do shipping and like only essential? And he's like, no, no, no. <laughs> Eliminate air travel, <laughs> like blow up all the planes is <laughs> like that would be a real step we could take. And it's like when you think about it at that scale, we're not even ready to begin having the real conversation about what we need to do. Like that's not even remotely feasible in any way. Like, can you imagine tomorrow like a politician being like, you know, what we should do no more planes like they were that was ridiculous. Everybody would laugh them out of the room. Yikes! But like when you watch Don't Look Up, it seems like it's easy. It seems like if we all just got on the same page, and it's like it, I'm not saying it's not—they
0: were almost there. They took the rocket ship out of the I'm air. not saying it's
1: not fixable, but it's like it's not. It's not easy. Like we like that's the that's the conversation we really need to have. Is that everybody keeps hoping that there's going to be some easy answer, like we just separate your plastics. And you're, and your trash or like,
0: don't buy crypto or
1: like carbon, or, ca- buy crypto. Or, or don't buy crypto or like carbon capture, you know, like, oh, we'll invent a thing that we could put on top of the smokestack and then it'll suck all the pollutants out and put them underground. And it's like, that's a great idea. We just can't get it to work.
0: Go to Aspie's. <laughs> time travel yeah
1: right it's like you might need cold fusion that'd work
0: get um, um get uh what's his name from watchman involved
1: yeah where's dr manhattan and all this? yeah where is yeah. dr
0: manhattan in and manhattan? like, so it just
1: i feel like that to me would be like that's the conversation that we need to have that's the practical conversation it's like this is such a huge problem
0: What do some the avengers ever feel uh, deal with this
1: no, they're more
0: like they—they're they're more like um, arcs who like build weapons. They're—they're they're very
1: good at like this very rational person's tactics are a little bit too violent, so we should go stop them. They're very good at that.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like,
1: like, this person's probably got like ninety percent of the right idea, but they want to kill a van full of civilians, so we have to stop them. Yeah, we're the Avengers.
0: But there's never, but there's never any environmental people. I mean, that'd be a bold take to no, like a, a yeah. poison ivy type who's like. Trying to blow up the world because, you know, like um, in Kingsman, like the Samuel L. Jackson, we yes. need to like get everyone to kill each other because otherwise the world will die. I mean... In actuality, like, Samuel Jackson had a great point in Kingsman. It's just, like, a very violent means to that end.
1: The Avengers are just, like, if there's not a massive airship involved, they're if, if, probably if, not going to be able to help. I mean, right? I don't
0: know. Like, if Sokovia isn't hovering.
1: Right. Like, are you cutting off a chunk of this land and, and elevating it above the land? Then, okay. Avengers. If you've assemble. stolen...
0: Uh, Ronin's outfit. We might people to help. But him. like honestly,
1: 90% of the time airship. They're very good with airships. So they're we cut they're out if excellent we... with a, if any kind of skybeam floating station base.
0: Well, yeah because a lot of them can turn big or fly or a doing anything. I'm yeah. saying if we cut out all the planes, what will the Avengers what do? What would the they would have
1: to fix climate change because there'd be no more planes to <laughs> You know, what we need there were no people to catch.
0: Next villain for MCU phase, bring it to me people, Captain Planet. <laughs>
1: We would, he's, Captain Planet's the hero.
0: No, I know, but in this world, he's oh, the
1: villain. Oh, I, I see what you're doing. It he's was like a Earth, civil war. Wind, yeah, Earth, it's wind, Avengers Fire. versus Planet. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: Avengers versus Planet. <laughs>
1: wow. Honestly, Feige. Call Can I be honest? Avengers was, versus Planet is pretty good. You get
0: that heart kid with the monkey just yeah. like turning I around. Mean, it's everyone. a little
1: bit like, uh, like Galactus is almost like fighting a whole planet. What's so
0: Galactics? Galactus, oh, is
1: Galactus is a Marvel villain who's, like, massive and in space and eats whole worlds. Oh, so, like,
0: I feel like the, the dead from uh, 2. The dead a little, comes- well, Ego
1: is a living planet. Galactus is, a, is, like, shaped like a man, but is just, like, planet-sized and devours planets. And his herald is the Silver Surfer. Like, that's how the Silver Surfer, like, oh. the Silver Surfer comes ahead and is, like, you're about to be eaten by Galactus, bitches!
0: No, no, no! Wait, wait! I've not seen the Silver Surfer. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's he's
1: the herald of the. the why would you?
0: Why would you do that? Why would you give? Him time? I think he's. In, I think he's
1: been imprisoned. Like I don't think he. He's not willingly doing this.
0: Yeah, but I mean, is he? I think he the heads serves.
1: This he serves Galactus. So why
0: like does Galactus that? want to give people a heads up that he's coming? I don't.
1: I don't oh don't, lord! I, don't, I got. Oh
0: lord! He coming. I don't
1: really understand. Like I, we've now reached the 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 limits of my galactic.
0: And by the way, this is exactly what would drive you nuts about the Eternals lawn Is like it gets to that point where it's like, yeah, there are planet sized creations, yeah. like not Sentinels, what are they called the uh, the creators, deviants, right? No, no, yeah, but the the thing that created the deviants, the it's
2: Celestials, the Celestials, and yeah. it's like,
0: yo, you see them at one point, and they're just like picking people out of well, the that's ground. What and you're like, whoa, 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 ego, ego
1: was a Celestial.
0: Right, ego's a Celestial, but you see them now to scale, and you're like, well, everything just the way that Loki made like the stones seem like stupid or whatever mm-hmm. like you're just like well everything's stupid now if there's planet-sized people they just gonna come and be like yeah. whatever and then they're like we're gonna walk away for a little bit to decide we're like what your fate should be so don't worry about it put a pin in it and then we'll put, come a, put a pin in that there's literally a point where they like <laughs> come to earth and you're like oh shit like these are 40 times the size of earth beings yeah picking a person up taking them away and be like yo we're gonna get together and talk about what you did and uh you'll just, you'll just hang around until then and we're like yeah. whoa everything else hang on everything <laughs> else seems very very stupid now i don't care about moon night and i don't certainly that don't i mean moon. that was
1: always that was this is the challenge is like comic books they could be anything it could be like you know billion year old beings in deep space Does the or, it no be, sentin- sentin- or, or it could be or it could be you know daredevil jumping off rooftops and hitting you with a stick like it's the it's both marvel has to sustain both
0: okay yeah it can be multiverse but also still daredevil can catch a rock uh he's i mean good dc's
1: dc's the same way it's like sure. they're they're godlike, you know space wars and then there's detective chimp like it's
0: well, and detective batman who fights in this well yes wars, but there mm-hmm.
1: is detective chimp is very real i mean <laughs> <is there laughs> like really like as extreme,
0: opposed to batman an
1: extremely real dc reference detective chimp
0: Did, i mean i believe you but like any more real than batman
1: I I mean, yeah, like Batman's super not realistic at all and, and really uh, dumb. Batman's super realistic? And that's why – no, but like I, I do feel like we've fallen into this weird hole of like Batman's supposed to – like Nolan did it and so now everybody's like, no, Batman's supposed to be realistic. It's like – batman's not realistic batman's <laughs> like,
0: extremely realistic batman's exactly like, who we're we doing want. it
1: again where it's like riddler's like what if riddler was like a real serial killer it's like no but he's not though <laughs> like he doesn't
0: i mean i, I want I to see real, i'm life. not trying
1: to shit on the matt reeves one this i want to see pretty,
0: it. It, looks pretty good. it looks
1: cool i think it looks i'll tell you what i like the most about the trailer for the reeves version is it looks it looks like a movie it like looks it, like a
0: horror movie it
1: looks it's got a look and it looks like a lot of attention was paid to like shots and mm-hmm. like the shot construction and like creating a like mood and like an aesthetic. And it doesn't feel like so many other comic book movies where it's just like the characters are what stand out and the humor and like, this and it looks like, like cinematic. Like it, it looks you know? like
0: it, it looks like it'd been directed by anybody. Cause it like right. really has to and, fall and, in. And
1: this really looks more like he's paying attention to like, what it looks like and like capturing a mood and uh, like something a, a, a little bit. vibe
0: different. if something. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: But having said that in, in praise of it like there's that shot of the car like in the foreground flipping and then the car flips and then you see Batman like in the oh, distance. Yeah. And it's oh like,
0: man. So much of it looks like 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 it is. Like it feels like a decision was made whereas the right. Marvel movies feel like they've just been like as an executive decision. And another
1: made. and I'm, I'm sure like people are going gonna to get their dog ears going like this. Uh, but no I, I, felt about the, this. I felt the same way about Matrix 4. Like there are I shots at it where Matrix it's like, 2. I love Matrix 4. And now there were shots at it where it's like, oh, look at that. A cool shot. Like it's there not to like forward the story or like an Easter egg is here. It's just like, Lana set it up this way because it looks fucking cool. Yeah. And like, I just, I don't know. I feel like we're missing that. So like in the red notification of every movie. Red
0: notification. Where they're all
1: filmed in a Glendale green screen room.
0: (laughs) Don't knock Glendale.
1: I feel like that's one thing that we lose. Like there's just not as much attention to like shot composition and framing and like putting a set piece together in a way that builds tension and excitement. And like the fundamental building blocks of things like adventure and intensity and action movies.
0: Or just like the sense of like lingering on something. Like something being lingered on just for the sake of like, it's cool Or just,
1: yeah, to build, like build out the emotional resonance of a sequence instead of like what we do now, where it's like the every scene has to have these three elements. It's got to be banter. There's got to be an explosion. You know, like, and it's just like, it feels just like, we're we're going thirty minutes between an interesting visual. It's just everything is shot like TV or or not even. I I don't mean and
0: that, that. TV shot way. so a clear. lot of TV
1: shot beautifully. A lot everything is shot like old school TV where yeah. it was just like one setup and it's like we got to take it really in like, um, the squad room and it's like here's all the characters standing in a row talk.
0: Yeah, it's almost like TV and movies have swapped in a lot yeah, of ways because no, now I, we have these very absolutely. cinematic episodes. Absolutely,
1: them. I don't I don't mean to not like. There's a lot like Fargo is a show that I notice all the time. Yeah, they're just like bacon like cool looking shots and cool looking sequences and it's just like it, oh and also I'm gonna here's a show I haven't praised in this podcast for Mayor of Kingstown the, you mean
0: Mayor of Easttown sequel
1: no, no it, and Mayor of Kingstown it's the fucking, fucking Jeremy Renner show on Paramount Plus it does
0: look like a Mayor of Easttown sequel
1: though it, well Mayor of Easttown Mayor of Kingstown and they're both and they are both about like well intentioned but world weary people How and is these, it, like how's very it all tough sequel? like very tough Midwestern environments.
0: They they must've known what they were doing when they named it that. Uh,
1: But anyways, it's, it's it's Jeremy Renner and he, it's very complicated. It's like a crime drama thing. I'll try. So there's this town, it's a fictional town called Kingston, Michigan. It's like near Detroit, but not, not in Detroit. Okay. And the, the town is sort of the, the industry that runs the town is private prisons. There's all these different private prisons. There's a men's prison. There's a women's prison in this one town. Mm Okay. And it's like the business of the town. Like everybody who lives there is like, you're a cop or you work at the prison or you you, do like everybody's that's their job in some way. And Renner and his family, like his brother's Kyle Chandler and he's got another brother who's a cop and Diane Weist is his mom. And they're all, like, in the middle of all of it. Like, go-betweens. Like, they don't have a very specific job. Like, they don't work for the city. He's not really the mayor. He's just some guy. Okay. But he, like, he's got an in with the cops. And he's got an in with the prison he's guards. He's like a fixer, something. Yeah, exactly. He, he... The, the, the setup is Renner's character had been to jail so he's an ex-con okay so he's got ins with the prison gangs and the guards and the cops and he's like and the wardens and the politicians he's like the one guy everybody can call to like talk to the other guys and like let's make a deal and his whole thing is like he doesn't take sides okay. so if the Crips and the white supremacist gang and the Latin gang and the prison guards all have to work something out about what's going on in the prison. They have to go through Jeremy Renner. Okay. And that's kind of the setup of the show. Okay. They, the second to last, and the and the, vil- the main villain of season one is uh, Littlefinger from Game of Thrones. Yes, Adrian. Who's like an Eastern, Aiden Gillen? Aiden Gillen. And who's like an Eastern European mobster who's in one of these prisons. And he's got, we don't know quite, he's got something on, on Renner and his family. Okay. And we don't quite understand it at first. Okay. Uh, and it all leads up to the this, the this, this second to final episode of the season. I won't I won't spoil anything because right, I think you can. guys should watch it. But it is just it's like this. It's a it's a prison riot is the sort of context, and it's so fucking well put together. Like Taylor Sheridan wrote it. So I love script, Taylor Sheridan. The scripting is tight, and the whole season like there's a lot of threads that are coming together in this one big. You know, like how TV shows do. You
2: know how like, yeah.
1: the whole sequence, the whole the whole season one is kind of culminating in this one big action set piece, but. Everything has just been so, set up so, so perfectly and it's just – it's paced really perfectly and it's shot really well and it's just like – it's better than most movies. Like this episode of TV I think was better than most
0: movies. I think most TV TVs can be better than most movies. I and, think uh, and, we're there And right yeah, now. so like I don't
1: mean to knock shit like that. Like it was very cinematic and well done and mm-hmm. like bravo to the, 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 I think the more mayor that the mayor of Kingstown. But. I
0: mean yeah, like I'm going to talk about a show that we never talk about on here either because we're waiting for you to watch it but Yellow Jackets. Yeah. it's not only just shot well and shot in a super interesting way but it's also like edited super well like i'm noticing these things like the way that because they're moving between two sometimes three different timelines but the time like the the shots will move into each other so they're like the the camera will be making the same movement or like the camera will make one movement and then they'll bleed into the next shot where someone is physically making that movement and right yo we never it's like the way that marvel and all this stuff is being done is like very much like a comic book panel at best. It's a well, comic book panel. But like,
1: and like, I even think too, and, and it's and it's uh, like, the one thing I, I want to get across with this is like- it's it's, Shang-Chi is great. <laughs> it's intentional. Like, I don't, I'm not saying this like it's a knock or like I'm smarter than Marvel directors or like no. I've seen this and Kevin Feige has not. They're doing this on, on purpose. purpose right. They want them all to look familiar and and like
0: Well, cuz directors they want to give them a certain amount recognizable.
1: of like, recognizable like, like it's they know that that is comforting and then that pulls you in and that, that makes them easier to watch and more inviting. And so they're doing that on purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh and but like yeah, like it, it 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 just I don't know. Like it's so refreshing to see something that is made that is that is singular, that is supposed to just look like what it is. And that yeah. is, is done with thought and personality. And there was a time when comic book movies were also like that. Like people share sometimes uh, like shots from the Rainy Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. Cause that was kind of the last gasp of that, where you could still take a huge character. Wasn't and it also give... the
0: first gasp of it? Like Rainy Spider-Man was very, well no, wrong. cause after
1: that it's like, Brian Singer's X-Men mm-hmm. and like right around then Nolan's Batman. And that's when the MCU also started. And that's when we started to like formalize it. Like okay. here's what a studio comic book movie looks like. And the one thing, the, the, the main idea that all those franchises, X-Men, Batman, MCU carry with them is that it's our world comic book things start happening in it. It's a realistic world. Into which superheroes are inserted or presented or repeated. So it's
0: not a it's not a hyper world. Well, think
1: about it. like the MCU in Iron Man is just Earth. It's just our world, mm-hmm. and then Iron Man appears, and then that spawns the Avengers, and then that spawns the next thing, and the next thing. It's not and like so, a
0: hyper like a hyper stylized Gotham,
1: right? And so, but then you think about Raimi's New York. And it's already cartoonish. It's not recognizably our world. And it's made in a way that is highlighting the otherworldly comic bookiness of it.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah. People are flying into walls. Right. And I mean,
1: like, everybody always picks out that, like, Spider-Man 2 kind of the horror sequence when Ox tentacles first come to life and start killing all the doctors. And, like, that's exactly what I mean. Like, it's not, it's already a larger-than-life comic book world into which these Things start happening. Right, right. And I feel like that's the that's like the big switch that we made in like the early aughts or the late nineties, early aughts changeover was before then you could give something like Spider-Man to a guy like Sam Raimi or Batman to a guy like Tim Burton mm-hmm. and it's like they're gonna Tim Burtonize it or and Blade get, to
0: whoever got Blade
1: or Blade to, to right to Cunningham uh, mm-hmm. and then to Guillermo del Toro exactly great example Blade 2 is a perfect example it's like you could give Blade to a guy like Guillermo del Toro and you're gonna get a Guillermo del Toro movie out of it it will be a Guillermo del Toro movie about Blade mm-hmm. but it's not just gonna be like a Blade movie and that's exactly what he did like GDT came in or The Crow and right and like Blade 2 is nothing like the original original Blade. He came in and filled it full of monsters and put Ron Perlman in it and it's very much a Guillermo del Toro movie.
0: To be fair, Don't Look Up also had Ron Perlman, also wasted Ron Perlman. <laughs> sure, but they're like wasted everybody. I'm just, but, kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That also, are you saying that the hyper, well, you should, are you saying honestly, that Don't Look Up should have been a comic book movie? Honestly, my
1: what maybe the funniest moment in Don't Look Up is, is Ron shooting? Perlman shooting at the comet. Yeah, I think yeah, that, that, that might was, be the best the best moment from the entire that
0: movie. That was the most key thing, like, Funny satire that right that
1: feels like okay that is what we're like you, also, you got you got us that <laughs> also
0: is what happens like the people in yeah. Florida who shoot at hurricanes
1: and this is also I was saying this on uh, on a different podcast I think the other day oh but well thank you this is also what I liked about uh, Venom Let There Be Carnage you finally watch that that it doesn't feel like it's trying to be like the other Venom movie or like the I other, really
0: liked it the I other, didn't like no it. I loved
1: it I, it doesn't feel like it's trying to be part of the Spider man they're joining the Spider Man universe sort of formally. But it it doesn't feel like Andy Circus and Tom Hardy were super tied up into that. They were like, we've got our own weird, very singular idea of what a Venom movie would be. Like, it's like Venom a rom com about Eddie and Venom learning to live together in the same body, and uh, we're gonna go with that. And I I I really appreciated that because it doesn't feel like most of the genres like that. It's anymore. also you don't the funniest, that funniest.
0: It's also the funniest that I've ever seen Tom Hardy. It's Tom very funny. Tom Hardy is very funny. It's very Venom. funny.
1: And it is... He's it such is, a
0: loser. Like, I love that about Brock. Yeah. Like, he's just such a sad sack loser. Yeah. And, like, Venom is, like, so. it's, it's like, such an odd couple thing. Like, Venom's, like, so over it. But, like, he's also a symbiote. Like, by definition, he is... Well, they're a
1: good, you know, like, a good match, you know? Like, that's... I think that's that's what I like so much about this movie, is it really is exploring the, the nuances of it. Like, Venom probably would like to find a new partner, but he's a perfect biological match for Eddie, and they understand each other, so he's kind of stuck with him. And it's like, there is a weird resonance to it that I don't feel with other comic books. The only two of these movies this year that I really felt like personally strongly about were Shang-Chi and Venom 2.
0: Really like Shang-Chi a lot.
1: Those really. are the only two that I came away like, wow, that was really. I feel like that was good. I really got into that, and I like. I feel like it moved everything forward. Like, and people,
0: I know, No Way
1: Home. I know people are going to be very upset with me about that. Look,
0: I my thing about No Way Home is like I liked it a lot. I, I liked think, it, but t- my thing is like what David C. Bell's problem was, which is I would have liked it a lot more had I not watched it in the theater with a bunch of people like fucking losing their shit, like oh, acting. I didn't like mind that. I, I feel, did because I, I, I saw it twice in a row, and like both times, people's reactions like. It made me notice how the movie actually paused because it, like, expected yes. that reaction. John Watts
1: did build in and I, applause beats.
0: I thought that was annoying. I was like, don't, don't do that. Like, don't just, like, a, like assume that from here to perpetuity we will all be watching this in a theater. Because now when you watch it in home video, it's going to seem really weird. The characters just kind of, like... There. Like
1: give you a beat yeah. to get excited about the yeah. fact that they're in the movie.
0: Yeah. I didn't honestly
1: like that. It was fun. Like people were freaking out, losing their people minds. Were losing their fucking when I saw the it was movie like the Beatles. About about stuff that even like obviously there are big there are bigger surprises in it, but people were losing their mind about stuff that is Thomas very clearly Hayden in Church. the trailers. Very clearly in Thomas the trailers. Thomas
0: Church showing up got the yeah, huge Thomas H.
1: Church showed up uh in his
0: Stupid, I, like, oh. I
1: I liked it. I felt like it. It leaned. It still leaned too heavily into that stuff for me. And I, I. But but I did. I did like a lot of the performances. And I did. I did. It was fun. I mean, I had a good Andrew
0: time Garfield's having a great year. I just saw Eyes of Tammy Faye. Like he is having I
1: I haven't year. seen that one yet. Oh, I it's did Michael like Showalter. I know. I, I, I'm I'm gonna watch. I just didn't get around to it yet. Yeah. But I did. I did like Tick Tick Boo. It was not Tick Tick Boo was not my
0: favorite. I ter- I like. Turns it. out I hate musicals, and we can get into that in a moment. What like you love musicals? I do, but I hate some musicals. And the Jonathan Larson. It turns out the Jonathan. Larson, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Like, I I just find it so cringe. It makes me hate who I used to be. Like, it makes me wow. hate. It makes me hate, I, like, I myself thought, on a personal level I, that, like, is cringy. I, I thought
1: Lin-Manuel Miranda did a, a really great job directing Tick, Tick, Boom. Like, it's very well put together. And it's like... It's like I don't, I feel like it's probably the best movie you could make out of that play. Well, the I play just is not found about that. I just found it annoying. I was just like I'm just like it's I'm it's irritated by this.
0: But I don't even know how much of this was the play because this play was not an autobiographical about that period of time in his right. life. Like it, the play was this like kind of evolving thing about right. a bunch of different stuff.
1: And and yeah, he's uh, that's what I'm saying. Like I feel like he he did a he did a a good job, an admirable job of taking this loose assemblage of ideas and turning it into this like narrative that I could appreciate and that felt like it it evolved and and that uh, you know I hated uh, this
0: guy. I I I realized But no, that's but, that's
1: but that's but that's exactly where I was just going with this. Mm-hmm. But it it, it and as good as Andrew Garfield is, I just felt like he was playing this guy that I could not relate to in this world that I did not relate to and that I found a little irritating. Like, well, Well, the
0: way that I'm like, you know, rent has become very cringe. Well, I
1: never liked rent. Oh, I, I love like R- this I like I this love, more than
0: I ever liked Like I rent. Love, See, that's the thing about like hating myself watching this movie because I like resisted so hard the music they were little musical cues they would do these like little super fandom things of like leaving you all these easter eggs in terms of the musical cues in terms of that whole section that was just a parody and homage i don't know what you call like they just took sunday in the park with george the diner
1: the diner yeah but like how can
0: you do that how can you just take sometimes stuff and then weird out the lyrics to be about your thing and then just add in a bunch of broadway actors to make it the avengers end game scene I don't know how you get away with doing that, like, with the you estate. Create
1: Hamilton. <laughs>
0: I mean, I, and I know, like, I know, like Sondheim loved Le Manuel, I know that he's, like, actually in the movie in the voicemail. Like, yeah. That's his voice, and yeah. I know that. It, but Larson's music, I think, comes off as so cringy right now. Like, the way, the, the way it physically sounds. like The way it sounds in my ears. Not even the lyrics. Just I what know, I And this is,
1: I always feel like, like, when I was in high school, Rent was, like,
0: Oh, my God. The, was, the
1: the most massive thing. and I, every
0: it was the every, of its time. Every
1: young person who cared at all about, like, art or music or theater or film or whatever was obsessed with rent and loved rent. I never saw it on stage. I still have never seen rent on stage.
0: Oh, you, you, I wait. only
1: knew the music, but the music was everywhere. Everybody knew the music. And then I saw the the, the Chris Columbus movie.
0: No, right. the, boy, they were all 40, and you're like, the idea of them not paying rent is, like, I mean, great. it was, I was always,
1: even even just when I was hearing the music, I was like, they should, they should pay rent.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially because, like, the main character, much like Andrew Garfield positioned in this story, does not have AIDS and can get a job I mean, and has parents that uh, love him and, like, I mean, can listen. basically do whatever he wants and is a white privileged male. Well, yeah, like, like
1: I, I get you want to make movies and you've got a very long scarf,
0: but you still have to pay rent. I just, like, I don't then, understand where this came from. The, this
1: idea that, but the, like, art does not outweigh rent. Like, it's just, this is the world in which we live, Well, cool, also,
0: like, and that it's, you know, putting the AIDS aside, it also feels a little bit co-opting. Like, it didn't feel as much at oh, the yeah. time, but, like, watching tick tick boom i'm like how is this the hero of the story he goes into like a focus group like a literal at one point like a you have no good car. yeah, no yeah. there's like literally from the focus group set like part it is hilariously like on track and he's doing good he's doing good at this job that he's gonna make money for but then he realizes he's selling a product and is like ugh i'm out of here like fuck you guys i want to make my space opera and then he's, like, <laughs> mad that his space opera, while well, very successfully, like, shown, yeah. is not immediately going to be put on Broadway. And it's, like, where Bro- the fuck do you get off? Yeah. Thinking that that's what's going to happen in your life. Yeah, I mean, that, this, what, this is
1: what I mean when I'm, like, I just, like, I found his worldview sort of irritating. And it starts it starts right away with that, like, oh, I haven't done everything by the time I'm 30. 30 and I'm, like, oh, I'm worthless. You. And it's, just like, like, I get... I get that that is how it feels to be 29. And I remember being 29 and having feelings like that. But I feel like you got to, I don't know. Ideally, you would do it in a way that feels more universal and not that's going to make everybody who's age 31 and up go, shut up.
0: Well, if you have a friend, by the way, if you surround yourself with friends who are people of color who have AIDS, but all you can see is you can't even like recognize what they're going through or like listen to them when they have problems because you're so myopically focused on your space opera like, like just, yeah, it's like, just like like he's like turning he's like yelling at his friend for being like a sellout meanwhile his friend like can't tell him that he has like hiv like and it's like a, I, yeah working in finance he's a person of color and you're like oh that's the basis of the character benny from rent played by right. Tate diggs who when you go back and look at rent is really the hero the maligned hero of the whole story who's let his friends live rent free in an apartment complex for a year and is now like demanding if you guys want to say you want to pay rent so they like they basically just hold like a, they they overthrow the fucking complex. They have like all the homeless people like come and riot. Yeah. Like it is, it is not a good person story about gentrification considering it's that just one of those things kids. where it's like,
1: it's an adaptation of like an old thing and it does like, it's not a seamless, like he wanted to take La Bohème and like present day, but it's like, it just doesn't, doesn't like totally
0: fit. Did you did can't, you, can't, did can't, you can't. see in the Heights Patients?
1: Yes, yes. Okay,
0: him. so I saw it in the I've seen time. three
1: of the four 20, 20, 2021 Lin-Manuel Miranda features the one I miss is Vivo.
0: What's Vivo?
1: That Sony animated. There was a Sony animation he's musical. Do
0: Sony he's allowed to do Sony as well as yeah, Disney. Yeah, it was. Crazy. I believe
1: that was a Sony produced animated musical that he did, and it's about it's about a bird in I want to say Cuba. I think it's I think it's Havana. Yes, because it's a point of vista social club guy. It's about a bird in Havana who bonds with this street musician and then delivers a message for him to a woman in Miami.
0: Um, that's cool. That's Vivo. Encanto. I didn't was, see
1: that one. Encanto, Encanto is great. Beautiful. beautiful. I loved it. I, loved I
0: realized it. I think I like Le the best, uh, specifically when he is not writing songs about like a character that's supposed to be Le Miranda. Like that's, that's <laughs> when I like, you know, like I really didn't like in the Heights either. I found it so cringy. Like really? I, 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 liked realized, in the I didn't like the music. I, was I liked like, in the Heights. Because I think, okay, okay, I read this article over, uh, the break, which I think helps explain my, my cringe view a little bit, which is that, People have a really hard time now connecting to stuff like Hamilton and uh, and uh, Parks and Recreation, stuff that like basically was peak Obama, like happened right, during that, the peak Obama, yes. Ho- like hopeful
1: warming. late aughts, yeah, early teen work within stuff. the system
0: and you will get far in life and like we can enact change by by coming together yeah, and, and right. doing all this stuff like the Trump years have really burned out, like, uh, a lot of the Gen Zers. So they find Hamilton cringe, and they find, like, you know, not all of them, but, like, that. that looking back on it, it feels a little bit like, I mean,
1: Hamilton always was trying to thread a very delicate needle. Like, Hamilton always was like this. Like, okay, you can, like, I get what you're saying. Like, yes, he's an immigrant, and you're making all these connections, but But on some level, you are just playing, like, slave owners, and, like, you're still making them seem cool just by having, like, Daveed Diggs play them you know like yep. and it it's like I don't I don't know if you took like I think you get like he gets like 95 percent of the way there and I'm gonna give it to him and I enjoy Hamilton but yeah, like, I,
0: I mean I enjoy the musical a lot but there's but something that like, feels yeah, weird yeah it
1: feel it still feels like off to basically take these guys and still like still worship the founding fathers but just with some tweaks
0: Well, and, and the idea too I get in the heights is I never saw it when it came out that was his first big thing that hit and uh
1: Oh yeah, I've never seen the stage show. I've only seen the the film. I, that thought, came out this
0: I guess year. I thought it was supposed to take place in the time period where he was growing up, and not like today, because they they update the references to have like John Wick references and like right. But things.
1: his his character's still supposed to be a little yeah, the the was navi. I don't know. I don't know how old he's supposed to be.
0: Well, I'm just saying. Like I thought it was supposed to take place in like the 90s. No, it's supposed to take place like today.
1: It's well, he like, updated, Yeah, he updated it for
0: today, and like make it all about the Dreamer Act and stuff like that. Yeah, and I'm just, I'm yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. okay, and that's that's great. Like, that's
1: gentrification I mean. is still happening. Like maybe not in that specific neighborhood anymore, but like still happening.
0: Was that? Was, sorry, maybe I'm getting like the meteor metaphor confused here. Was it about? Gentrification, or was it about like people who want to do reverse immigration? I thought it was a reverse immigration. I think story. it's a little
1: bit of both. I think they're 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 starting to be priced out of their neighborhood because it's it's coming up and the people are moving back into these. That's parts like of kind the of the city. like a
0: that's kind of like a secondary plot to the plot about her not wanting to be into Sanford, Yeah, he no, wanting to move it's, back it's into it's
1: subtext. I'm not. It's yeah. not. It's not the primary plot for sure. I'm just saying and like the it, lottery... is, it is there. I'm just saying like that that like you could you could update it with minor tweaks because it's still there. The
0: lottery you know? ex machina was like such a weird part of the story like what was i don't i don't even understand like you're saying that money like is the windfall that solves like the immigration crisis i don't i don't even know like what the message of that movie was i didn't like it and i'm sorry like (laughs) i feel weird saying that but having watched tick tick boom which he directed and watching this i was like do i not like i mean i
1: i didn't i didn't really I don't know. I, I, I really as a as a celebration of the neighborhood and this mix of all been of the these Heights. cultures I oh, I don't I've never been to Washington Heights, so I don't, I don't know anything. Where,
0: I don't even know where how you get there quite well, honestly. Well you should,
1: you're a New Yorker. That's that's not like I have an excuse.
0: Okay. Yeah, okay, fine. But like I literally don't know how to get there. Like I was like, is that in Bronx?
2: What's,
1: no, it's Manhattan. It's just further north than you would have usually
0: gone. I think right? so is the Bronx, right? Isn't the Bronx Did just you just the-
1: say the Bronx is in Manhattan?
0: No, it's just like the upper part. It's like when you keep going on Manhattan, you keep going, and it's the Bronx. It's not its own separate little thingy.
1: I thought the Bronx and Brooklyn were on one island.
0: You're thinking... Queens. Oh,
1: maybe I am thinking of Queens. All right. I believe you're, I believe you about the Bronx. I'm just saying. I just like
0: it. So if you keep going But around, like,
1: Washington Heights is still part of Manhattan. I just think it's, it's further north than you would have usually gone on Manhattan if you were living oh, in Midtown. Like, oh, you
0: might, Midtown. hold on. You might be right. I don't want to be the Bronx. pretty wrong. sure I'm right. No, no, wait. Like, it's, it's here. It's not connected to Brooklyn or Queens. It's above Queens. It's, okay. So here is, here. Oh, okay. So no, it is. It's sort of like, so here's Manhattan, like the island, right? Right. And then there's like, you go a little bit to the right and you get, the bronx i guess yeah and then washington heights is let's see
1: so it is in the bronx i
0: didn't i didn't google washington heights is yet
1: (laughs) we got that's that's the that's the one thing i want to figure out what what borough is washington i
0: think washington heights is manhattan
1: i thought it was manhattan like i like it's like it's a like it is not harlem but it is a similar to harlem where it's like it's a neighborhood that is on the island of wait
0: wait 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 yeah
1: Washington Heights is a neighborhood in the uppermost part of the New York City borough of Manhattan.
0: Yeah, but like New York City borough of Manhattan, it goes so big, it can go up so far. Because it's past past Harlem. It's past Harlem, right? Yeah,
1: it's north of Harlem.
0: That's like its own thing then. That's its own thing.
1: (laughs) Doing my own thing. Now, there used to be a term spanish harlem and i don't know if that is another way of referring to washingtonites or if that is its I, own neighborhood
0: i mean like yeah i mean at some point I bet that's its own neighborhood. if you're going to fort george like do you consider that part of like new york like it's I'm, not new york proper no, just I it's in manhattan.
1: i've never been to any of these places
0: 207th <laughs> 207th street train I i'm trying i don't
1: know the furthest north i've ever been in manhattan but it's not this north
0: i think the farthest north i've ever been in manhattan is Cl- i think i went a little bit into harlem a couple times but like uh, columbia university i used to like work there for a short period of time yeah but, like i i don't know i at some certain point, it's just a connected piece of tissue. I don't think it's like technically.
1: I mean, it's <laughs> part of the borough. <laughs> you don't get to kick them out of the I'm borough. I'm not kicking
0: them out of the borough. You're trying
1: to kick them out I'm of I'm saying like the Bronx Zoo borough.
0: is very far away from like Manhattan proper. Right.
1: No, I'm not saying it was like a hop, skip and a jump. I understand. It's like, these are these are big places.
0: Um, I do want to talk more about, uh, not about how much I don't like Lin-Manuel Miranda. I do like him a lot. And I don't want this to come off as anti uh thing. I just feel like I am feeling that sort of, as much as "Don't Look Up" kind of bummed me out in one way, and I was like, it's too pessimistic. I feel like some of the, the other stuff can be a little too like, Obama era hopeful, optimistic, which I don't think is like a framework that we can find anymore, or I can find relate. Yeah. It feels very cringe, and especially Jonathan Larson cannot relate. And I, I, I did yeah. I under I under understand. I almost. To I don't know. It.
1: I mean, I guess, I guess in some ways I'm willing to forgive this more because I often don't relate to musicals. Well, I and guess I've just that's learned it. how to enjoy them despite yeah. that. Like, no, see, they're, that's, that's exactly they're it. often not stories that I feel emotionally pulled into. I just I like the songs and the dancing. When I watch the... Tick Tick
0: Boom and in the Heights, what I do is I think this is how people see my love of musicals. This is what they think of when they think of musicals, they're thinking Maybe. of this kind of stuff. Like, like yeah. it makes me hate Because I'm
1: thinking back to it now, and like the stuff I liked was not really plot centric. It was like the way that John Chu shot. This the dance sequences, yeah, they were and like, great. That, like the 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 subway, passe and Ife or whatever, whatever that, that song is that the the grandma sings. Yeah, it was it's like really well shot. It's just like a well put together sequence, and like that's what I enjoyed about it. I wasn't really thinking that much about like it was just like it's a celebration of this community that he grew up in. Yeah, like, no, I like, mean it's pretty. But when strictful.
0: you when you say that the kind of music I like is musical sounding music, I'm always listening to the music of it and right. like, what can I sing in my head? The, the tick tick boom stuff. I was like, oh, like this is what they think I mean. Like, no,
1: no, I get what you. I get what you mean. You you well you more than most people I know. Most music fans that I know, you are lyric focused as opposed to just like I don't know the lyrics to half the songs I like. Like honestly, that's, like it's that's, never
0: that's the only thing I like.
1: It's never been a thing for me. Like I love you know half of those Pearl Jam songs I love, and like I couldn't tell you what he's saying. That's why I have problems with most music.
0: That's and like not that Radiohead, like I,
1: half the Radiohead songs I think I know the lyrics to. I'm probably wrong and Tom York is saying something fucking totally but That's
0: why you have to look at gen- Genius.com. <laughs> uh,
1: so I think that's why to me, like when I think of your musical taste, that's why I think it was like, oh, you like very clever songs. You like very writerly songs and you like songs I that like are basically like songs. poems set to music in some ways. And like, I think most people are not like, they'll. I'll enjoy a song that has fun lyrics, but it's not the, the main but it, thing.
0: And it's not that Lynn Manuel, it's not like In the Heights or Jonathan Larson's work didn't have that lyrical kind of thing. It's almost like they just hit a saturation point where it's like, it's, it's, does it, but it like in a way that I don't know. I just find cringy yeah. like a cringy Why well,
1: I, I like i like a lynn manuel miranda song more than a jonathan larson song yes. like if you're just like yep. in just in terms of writing the song yep. and like yep, yep, how yep, it yep, is yep, as a song yep
0: yep 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 like there was no, there were cannot. no songs
1: in tick tick boom that i liked as much as uh we don't talk about Bruno oh my god that song is so or like the good. pressure or whatever the, the
0: pressure song under yeah. pressure or whatever yeah oh my god that song's so good so much of Encanto is just the most amazing i can't movie. believe the
1: one that they did you know the song that is nominated for the oscar is the one that's all in Spanish from the end. That's cool. It is cool and it's a good song but I was reading about this. It's because when you submit your original song to be like to the Oscar committee Mm -hmm. you only get one three minute clip. That's it. You can send them three minutes of footage and it has to not only showcase the song but how the song Is integrated into the story of the movie.
0: So you have to basically make a little highlight reel.
1: So right. So yeah, but it like it also has to sell people on one, it's a good song. Two, it's a song that is enhancing the storytelling of the movie in some way. So in Canto, the problem they might have faced. This was what the tweet thread was about. We don't talk about Bruno, so context specific. It's it's a reveal of the the story, like here's who Bruno was, and here's why he's yeah, not he's here, guy. and here's the explanation of his powers, which becomes the whole plot.
0: But why not the uh, the Family Magical? The first song was just such a banger. Right.
1: So I think that, that but it's interesting when you think about, because I always just assume, like, they just pick what they think is the best song. But, like, no, they pick what they think they can make the three-minute clip that yeah. showcases this well, as a part of the movie the best.
0: But, like, you can have more than one song nominated for the same movie. Uh, yeah. F- be, uh, f- Under the Sea Woman person. <laughs> Little mermaid did that like right there right. well yeah
1: it's happened a bunch of times and they are there there are exceptions to this rule like like the one example I was reading was Randy Newman won the Oscar for Toy Story mm-hmm. and that song is just played over the end credits yeah so there was no context they just show the end credits of Toy Story and there's the song uh and it's still won so who knows you know yeah. who knows but uh, I do. I think that was interesting. Like, there that might have played into their thinking within oh, Kanto. Yeah. Is it like it's you can't, like if you take we don't talk about Bruno. It's like what's going on? Like just yeah, no, no, sucked out a, of context. That is like,
0: literally what I call a work song. It right. is a song where people are describing things that are happening within. Like the, it's like very much like based in the nature of what's going on in the yeah, moment. It's advancing
1: the story instead of just being a, like the family magical is more like. Here's the family. Yeah. Meet everybody,
0: and that's pretty good. I also and, like,
1: and the Spanish one I think is about Columb, like the 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 nation of Colombia. Oh, it's like about
0: the little girl. It's about the little flower. Little, yeah, uh. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, and and so uh, you I'm know they sure, all. Like,
0: I just don't know if that's like the best sounding song though. If you're just right. listening to it, like I uh, even the song that the sister the the two sisters have like the two best songs too. Like the the under pressure one is fantastic and uh the one that girls sings about like what else can i do yeah no i, I, I liked
1: all the songs i, I loved all i the mean songs. just like but i like
0: choked up with just even thinking bruno to me
1: was just like man such a banger it's so immediate <laughs> it's like how would that not win like it's just it's like the best song from a disney movie in a while I
0: think the pressure song was also just a, yeah and they're and they're right they're crying. just like
1: catchy like if they performed that on the oscar ceremony it'd be like ah, i'm gonna go watch i, also,
0: I also impressed stephanie b be- it was stephanie beatrice beatrice, beatrice uh she sang all the songs herself yeah. that was her no favorite. it's it's great. It's really good. Uh, <laughs> uh we should pause right here and then when oh. we get back, we're gonna talk about one more thing, possibly. <laughs> uh yeah, we'll be right back. We are back. Garmin shows you, me and Lon Harris here to talk to you about something really important, which is um, uh, 20 year
1: old ARG,
0: 20 year old the <laughs> lost ARG community and uh, how this this may or may not have factored into QAnon.
1: Yeah, there's a guy named Jared Yates Sexton. I don't know that much about him. podcaster, <laughs> political si- you're writer. You're saying his
0: name like so, like, this is about to be a hit piece, but it is not. No, it's not.
1: I don't know. Any, I really don't know much about this guy. He's mm-hmm. a He's got a blue check. He's some journalist writer guy. And he's got this theory on Twitter. Here's the tweet. Working on the new book, linking multi-level integrated marketing of the lost TV show to QAnon and rise of social media conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he's like, for what it's worth, corporations like Disney and ABC train millions of people to spend their lives searching for clues and conduct research to unravel mysteries, all of it designed to push fan attachment. It didn't take long for that to short-circuit people. Corporations got people creating extra content around their products, podcasts and sites and accounts pushing theories to answer mystery box questions. This is what QAnon is, what it's always been, marketing of neo-fascist, neo-fascistic conspiracy theories using this same model of engagement.
0: And he is correct i mean the lost thing is interesting because i think he was using lost to be like here's pictures little pictures of lost and they're silly i don't know if his whole thesis is based on like lost caused QAnon, the lost fandom it thing. sounds like that's what he's doing but, he, I, but but i don't think it is but because the, there's that QAnon documentary which pretty much draws the direct pair he's not wrong there's a direct line that you can trace between this this arg called cicada and right. the people who started that were the the original propagators of QAnon, like they are the same people, yeah. Like the people who who were at least, if not created, the game of Cicada, like they were highly involved I, with it. I just,
1: to me, I think I think the 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 where the theory kind of breaks down is I feel like it's a little bit of a correlation causation thing, like. Did Lost train people to do this online, or is this a natural thing we're inclined to do? So the
0: online? internet would have like came up with one way or another. Yes. Well, like, I mean, it's you know the you know how ARGs well, stands for alternate reality games. You know the how it got started, right? The uh, guy who created the first one saw the movie The Game, right, by David Fincher, and was like, "Wouldn't that be cool if there was a real life version?" of the game, which is a movie in which there's a real life version of a, of a game that this right. guy doesn't know. It's,
1: it's a right. The, the, in the game, the, the David Fincher movie, for those who haven't seen it's, there's a, you can sign up if you're very wealthy. There's a company that will pull an elaborate, pranks slash games on people in their real lives so you'll start finding clues and having to solve puzzles and you'll get trapped in situations that legitimately seem dangerous or like your life is in peril you'll meet real people in the course of your life that turn out to be characters in this game and so on and so on and so mm-hmm. on. Uh, and so yeah like seeing that was like what if you could do this on the internet use the internet to like leave clues on real websites geocaching
0: and- it's like right. all about like uh geocaching so like going to certain places at certain times and finding like little like boxes that would be right. actual clues and like using the using it to jump from internet to real world to reality yes. and, and
1: to me i feel like this was always gonna happen this was inevitable like mm-hmm. at, at twitter first blew up at south by southwest i want to say this was in 2006 maybe in 2007 uh and it was it, again it was A virtual reality game that people were playing, where they were leaving things at certain places, and then there were clue tweets, and you'd have to follow the right person and find the right tweet to let you know where the next clue was. And it became this interactive game that people who were attending South by Southwest that year started playing with one another. Mm -hmm. And I just think that kind of we're just that's what we're like as people. We 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 crave that. We want life to be a story. We want to insert ourselves into a narrative and tell ourselves a story about our lives. And I feel like it was always gonna it was always gonna happen. You can't blame. JJ. <laughs>
2: like, yeah,
0: like, I mean, like, well, the thing about the, a lot of people, this isn't a new theory, by the way, the ARG thing being like what QAnon is, it's like the human desire to search for patterns where there are like, you know, to find patterns and seek patterns. So, like, the whole thing with QAnon is like people being like, no, it really means this. And here's like, here's the 20 different explanations and rundowns about why this one guy's message, if it is even one guy, actually means the heralding of the end of times or JFK Jr. is still alive or like all these different things. And it's because of this condition called uh, apophenia which is like that that thing where it's like if you see a pattern, on the, if you're looking for something, if you think you're playing an escape room, if you're treating life like it's an escape room and you see something that looks like an arrow on like the dirt on the floor, you're going to be convinced that that is a fucking sign because how could it not? Because someone designed this. It's it's meant to lead you clues So right. you, your human desire to find patterns in just chaos will start finding patterns that are just literally chaos. They're nonsense. Right. And you will start, and if you find a couple other people that believe that chaos yeah. these patterns and like you're just, you have a conspiracy
1: it's 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 right and, and it's clear that that is what's happening and and i mean i just think there was a term in in web 2.0 when i was working for tech what companies is, what is
0: web 2 okay okay we can keep
1: going <laughs> uh web 2.0 just meant like you know like web 1.0 was like email and websites and blogs and like web 2.0 would have been like social media and Twitter and Facebook. And like, we're now, we're going from the level of, you can go online and Google things and look things up and research things to like, you can go online and like connect with people and have Mm -hmm. like social relationships across all of these different platforms. That was like, it's more complicated than Mm -hmm. that, but that's the core idea. And when I was working, I was working in tech when that was like blowing up, that that was like the new, the new thing. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what point I was trying to make. I um, got caught up in describing what one 2.0 was. I mean Oh, yeah. there was this concept it, they called it gamifying and it was like remember like Farmville, like all that stuff when that stuff was blowing up and they discovered that Facebook can get you to spend untold hours on Facebook. Do you remember Farmville? You're looking no, at I remember. Like I don't. remember. remember it's all these games where there's no like end point to the game. It's just like, it's, it's gamification for its own sake. Like you can click this button every two minutes and your farm will grow this much. And like, put a lot of bells and whistles just like what a Vegas casino would do like if a slot machine constantly is playing noise at you even if you're not winning you feel like you're doing something you know you're getting a reward your your time your time invested is, has payouts there's sound effects there's lights there's things are happening you
0: only talk about a Klama game machine master like me right
1: and and so what they discovered that was very dangerous and very pernicious during the web 2.0 era was you could gamify just about anything yep. you could add those elements the Robin
0: Hood is like a Example of this? And like, it would
1: exactly and it would get people sucked in and wanted to come back. And that's why every app, no matter what the app does, has like things that pop up and like noises and colors and this thing and this notification and this alert because they're just constantly trying to like grab your attention, make you feel like things are happening. I can't look away. It's been gamified. And anybody who's marketing an idea or a product or a concept on the internet at this point is very well aware of that. I mean, it's just gotten more savvy over time, like the most rudimentary version would be you remember those old banner ads you'd see on websites where it would be like shoot the duck and it would try to get you to play like a dumb game in the ad
0: but like in in a way like the ARG is like almost a, it's a resistance to that because ARGs like by definition are like always just on. Fo- there's there's nothing in game. There's nothing in app. No, I'm saying
1: it's of- gamifying life. Like yeah. that's that the, we we've seen this get more and more and more sophisticated to the point that now they're not gamifying a website. They're not gamifying an app. They're gamifying the world.
0: Well, right, and the and I think what's scary about the QAnon stuff is that apophenia thing I'm talking about now. That is the point. Like there is no there is no solution. There is no there is no. There is no game, so to speak. It's just a bunch of apophenia. No, it's just a bunch of telling you there is a game and yeah. then having you look for random that, clues. And- that's
1: the whole, I mean, gamification as opposed to a game. A yeah. game has like a goal. Gamification yeah. is just you add a lot of this stuff that it never ends. It just it's per it's perpetual. Like you there's no end to Farmville. Your farm never maxes out and like you won, you built the best farm. It just grows forever. Yeah. And that that's QAnon. Like they, they, they'll they just be like, oh, it's going to this date, this will happen. And this date, this will happen. But no, it's, it's not designed cult. to have an end point.
0: And, I mean, this is what cults were doing always. I mean, this is like the whole point of what cults are and what they do. It, it's, it's, ugh, it's scary. And it's scary because it kind of seems like the thing that I would fall into really easily. Like, give me like five minutes and the right worldview expressed. And I think I could fall into one of these things. But I think, so the, thing,
1: I think the thing that appeals to you about this stuff is the fantasy of it. It's that it's, you could get lost in this immersive world. Other- world.
0: Maybe and I so mean you
1: don't want to make it your reality. You're escaping reality.
0: I mean, I mean, what was the lost thing though? I mean, the lost thing was just. I guess it's the kind of thing where it's like they were so convinced their fan theories were correct. Like I guess that, that, that no, everything wa- in the show became about.
1: There were lost like ARGs where they'll be like this website, like it, like they'll mention the name of a Dharma scientist, and if you look them up, they have like an official website, and if you click on this one part, it'll take you to another website that this other guy. You remember there was during like those later seasons of Lost. There was the Dharma Initiative group, and then there was what Hanzo. There was another guy. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And
1: and there was like this this these two corporate titans were like fighting over the island. So all of those companies and all their offshoots. All but it added... Was
0: Hanzo or Hanzo from another movie? Well,
1: there's Hatori Hanzo, which is yeah. a famous character. But then okay. I believe it was Hanzo was the name of the corporation from. Was Lost it with the one well. that
0: Penny's dad owned? Yes, exactly. Okay, that's okay. exactly it. Okay,
1: gotcha. Uh, I, I'm gonna look it up now, but I believe it was.
0: But yeah, there were all these sites. It's the same with the uh, Dark Knight Rises, by the way. like Or Dark Knight, sorry, with the Joker stuff. And exactly. The Har- I believe in Harvey Dent stuff. I mean, I've been really into the ARG as a concept. I've never actually played one because I feel like they would just be very frustrating to me. I'm not very good at puzzle solving. Like, I watched the Escape Room movie, uh, the Secret yeah. of Escape Room.
1: It is the Hanzo Foundation. Okay, you
0: found yeah, it. I got, got it.
1: it. Founded by Alvar Hanzo.
0: Is that his name? God, that's... That's name. not
1: Penny's dad. That was the original founder. I think okay. Penny's dad was, like, running it now. Or His name was Charles? Something?
0: Charles? Oh, God, Charles dance. No, should have no. been played by Charles Dance. Oh. <laughs> should have been Charles Dance. Yeah. Go back and redo Lost. I don't, I don't, I don't. Anyway, it's been, been a long time
1: since I watched Lost, I'm a little fuzzy on some of the details now. Uh, but anyway, like over. like all, Hanzo Corporation or organization had a ton of websites and Dharma had all these websites and like you could look up, you could spend, <laughs> you could lose yourself in the fictional world of Lost on the internet.
0: Well, and I think the bad thing about like or like the the confluence of factors is like the QAnon thing was risen because of like this plus COVID. This plus not being able to leave your house. the lockdowns, the loss of jobs. like yeah. It's it made people go crazy because you could get lost and there was no one to tell you this wasn't a game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I do think part of it too is that... that people that, are crazy? Well, it's that Adam Curtis stuff that we've talked about. Hypernormalization before. I think we've
0: talked about Have we? I've never heard that name A uh,
1: really brilliant filmmaker from the UK named Adam Curtis, and he does a lot of films for the BBC that are very eye-opening just about culture and pop culture like and Louis memory. Like Louis <laughs> No. His are much more philosophical and much more thoughtful thoughtful and historical. It's not like, Louis Thoreau is like, I'm going to throw myself in with these like crazy weird fringe people and like learn about how they live and it's cool. I like it. But this is like more philosophical, like uh, his political philosophy and like how history unfolds. Like the dude from Nexium. A little bit. Just kidding. Uh, kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Not really um and he did this one called Hypernormalization that i think it's like three hours long and you okay. can find it on youtube just like and it's a long
0: youtube video and guys because it's
1: british hyper normalization with an s instead of the z
0: oh god uh kill me
1: it's it's amazing it's <laughs> fascinating and his his core thesis i mean there's a million ideas in it it's very dense but his core thesis is basically the like, the goal of propaganda in the modern world is not to convince you that this thing is right. That's an outdated version of propaganda. Mm -hmm. The goal of most propaganda in the modern world is just to confuse you. So you don't know what's true. You don't know what's false. You don't know what to believe. It all kind of starts to seem pointless, and you just check out. And That's
2: really
0: true.
1: what, What his additional theory is behind that Is that the people who are responsible for propagandizing us, the billionaires, the media, politicians, the people we see as the real source of evil and control, even they aren't really capable of knowing what's real anymore. Like they're too lost in the same miasma as the rest of us. Yeah. So nobody is steering. We're all just telling stories to one another and everybody's stuck in the same chaos of not knowing what to really believe.
0: I mean, yeah, there was a thing recently of like, is storytelling bad for us? And I was like, probably, probably. And and he, he
1: ties it a lot into like the Syrian civil war and how like we keep revising and changing our narrative about what it is and who's responsible for it and when it started. And then we change our policies based on our new understanding of it. And so it's just like, does anything about the situation today connect to the original ideas we had about what was going on and the nature of the oh, conflict? Or right,
0: why well, we joined in or, yeah. And, and
1: he was also making this like on the eve of like Trump was running for president. I think this was made oh, in my 2015. God. Oh, so he's also looking at that campaign and how surreal things were getting and how absurd. And so it's really, it's tied into all these ideas, but I I come back to that all the time. And I, I, I think about it with QAnon stuff too. It's like the people behind QAnon, They, I mean, they're making a lot of this up. I mean, but it's not like they know what's real either. Like they're all, we're all just throwing nonsense, their own narratives out at one another. I
0: mean, the the point of that QAnon documentary, which made a very, very, I thought like. Compelling argument for who Q and who Q actually was. Yeah, like, I believe
1: I believe his I believe his, his version Ron Watkins theory. His Ron
0: Watkins theory is that that guy is just like a troll, and he's not even the first Q. Like it, it's, it's not right. one guy. That's, it's just like that's, it's like that's a, the whole
1: thing. It's like it's not an organized propagandistic campaign.
0: It's just chaos. It's just a bunch of people
1: making up a lot of craziness.
0: Yeah, and there is no so the apophenia is actually like hurtful because it's just we're making patterns out of nothing. Like right. literally, they're not and even the
1: trying. And the people, right, and 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 that that I think is the the turn that that helps to explain a lot he also Curtis also talks about uh, a thing called political technology which is like a Soviet concept like um, like Putin uses this and like the example he uses is uh, Putin will like say Putin has a new policy that he wants to enforce he'll make he'll organize a protest against it and then a counter protest that's going to attack the original protesters and both of those groups will be organized by connected to Putin groups OK, he's literally creating the debate so that you don't know, like, well, what is Putin? Like, what's the government think? What should I oppose? What should I be for? It's just designed purely to confuse.
0: But like, what is the outcome of that? Like, how does that make the, you want to believe? Because you can't. It, I
1: mean, it, like you just about, check out. You, just you check can out. you check out like that. It, it, it's you give up. You you become Leonardo DiCaprio at the end of Don't Look Up, where you're like, forget it. I can't. There's nothing I can do. They're going to do whatever they want. It's too late anyway. I'm going to go have dinner with my family.
0: I mean, isn't that? I guess that's not the right idea. But yeah, that's the,
1: well. Whether it, it's not about right or wrong, it's that's the goal. That's the goal of propaganda. We we I think too often we think of propaganda in terms of like like what's it gonna make us? Doctor militar- Fauci owns the stock in the vaccine, and so he's telling you that you need to take the vaccine, and it's like. It's never that cut and dry in 2021. No. It's never like rich guy wants you to do X and so he says X. Even like the Elon Musk tweets yeah. and like the crazy shit like that. It's all just like doing his best to put his finger up to the wind. And like, it's too, the world is too chaotic in twenty twenty.
0: No one, no one's a puppet master right now. No like,
1: one knows what's going that would on. Be, that'd be
0: great if there was one puppet master that we could and, just appeal yeah. to. Kurt, then- you
1: should watch Hyperduralization. Curtis goes, wait, because he goes all the way back to like it really connects to like the madman era and like mass marketing and like we created all of these tools and like we had psychologists and psychiatrists and experts on human behavior help us to create all these tools. Like how do we, perfectly designed campaigns to like sell people on things and how do and we manipulate yeah. people using these really deep rooted reptilian impulses that we all have.
0: Yeah. And then when there's like political campaigns, we just and like, like that. And yeah. yeah.
1: And then we just, we trained millions of people how to do this and use these tricks. And now it's just everywhere and everyone's using them on everyone. And we just completely lost control of it. And now yes. no one knows what's real
0: yeah that's
1: hyper normalization
0: and that is it's that's not normalization it's hyper like tune out exactly
1: it's like the there is no more normal the Mm -hmm. normal is just our framing of what's normal because you can't get a real view of what's normal because it's all too fucking crazy
0: long where can people find you
1: (laughs) they should find me on twitter Uh, they should go to twitter because that's where to really sort all this stuff out yeah uh at lons is where to find me on twitter uh that's uh, you know that's how I got a four letter Twitter name because I got in early. Good, my my friend Jason Galicano.
0: Well, stop bragging about how you got on on Twitter. Shout out, one. shout out
1: to JCal. Okay, uh, gotcha. and then um, you should also uh, check out Binge Boys, my podcast that I do with Hal Rudnick, where we yell at each other about streaming TV. He got a real earful about don't look up from oh, week. Oh no, because he, he liked, liked it? it. He liked it.
0: Oh no. Uh,
1: so yeah, we we so if you want to hear me rip. Hal Rudnick apart for like oh, I don't look no like, look, I don't me. I'm kidding I'm no
0: kidding. you definitely do we they,
1: I yell a lot but I'm not I'm not angry at Hal I'm angry at Adam McKay and it's pretty clear okay. in the
0: conversation
1: uh, we also talk about Station Eleven which I don't know if you're watching on HBO Max I really but, want to I love which the is book terrific I uh, love the book, but, I've so, not read the novel. But you I've have to
0: it. watch Yellow Jackets, though, is the thing. If you don't watch I, by the time next week, I'm just not gonna kind of do it. I got you.
1: Showtime. I have Showtime. If you now. don't watch Yellow
0: Jackets, I will not do this show. I'm
1: specifically got Showtime to watch the Yellow Jackets program. You
0: know what? Like, if you don't watch Yellow Jackets, I'm gonna do like what's his name on, on high networks. <laughs> to like, <laughs> wear a
1: tuxedo and protest. <laughs> I'm gonna or... wear
0: my Yellow Jackets like a high school bomb. We're not
1: like the disgusting tuxedo. We're not doing that anymore.
0: Yeah, I'll put on my glasses. Not the bomber yeah no it's that show's amazing you're gonna love it
1: you're gonna refuse to give any ratings you'll review the movies but you won't rate them yeah exactly give them well i
0: will as soon as we get to yellow jackets at
1: which point did you did you did when you signed up for the high network did you sign up for the whole year
0: yeah
1: did you get the auto renew last week
0: i think so yeah mine
1: did too Uh, apparently a lot of people are very mad at them
0: Oh, well, I wouldn't Because they
1: didn't, they like, oh, oh, I didn't know I was signing up for another year. It did let you know you were set to auto-renew. But
0: also, like, that's illegal now as of January 1st is they have to give you a week's, everything that auto-renews has to give you a week's head up. So I get why people are mad, but, like, get over it. And, like, obviously, like, if you're a high fan, like, you are going to be...
1: It's yeah, you're such it amazing content. It, it really yeah, it's not more, even high more you... than delivered this season. Yeah, I can't and how imagine. How many high points
0: do you have? I mean, like that. Oh, I got
1: a lot of high points, like 80,000 high points. Did you something.
0: like trade it in for something? Like are people trying to scam you out of your high points? No, th-
1: every every comment thread on the website has people trying to scam you out of your high points, but I don't think there's anything you can use them for yet. Oh, no, that's not true. You voted for highlights with them.
0: Oh, God. Oh, God. It a
1: 100 high points to vote for each highlight.
0: Wait, so people just use their thousands of high points? To no, like... you can only,
1: I think you can only vote like twice or okay. something.
0: let me see what my high point numbers are at. i put i
1: put i put all of my energy behind mark's cavalcade of characters my favorite of the highlights but exposed ended up winning so
0: uh yeah that which is fine you know what it, i mean like,
1: i enjoyed them all i would have liked to see uh what was the pump popcorn sampler or whatever
0: popcorn sampler
1: yeah the popcorn shuffle the popcorn shuffle.
0: Uh, let's see. And attention then rock all! House, rock attention house, all so. users who held traded high points in 2021 must click here to fill out and submit the required paperwork. <laughs> <laughs>
1: They're geniuses. It's so good. Yeah. On cinema is the the best. Like it's it's nobody is doing a show like that anybody, anywhere else on internet. I that have I have, I have, you
0: know, I have eighty thousand high points as an
1: interactive experience. Uh, unparalleled.
0: Okay, hey, what's my high wire payments. Okay, guys, you can find me over at uh Video Drew across all social network and platforms. Uh, I do a lot of YouTube shows like uh Live in the Dark, which I'll be bringing back. Why? We like this with me and M Collins, which I'll be doing I think this weekend on The Witcher. Uh cuz drop a coin to your Witcher and
1: toss, right? You toss a coin to your No, witch.
0: I'm going to drop mine just down <laughs> in the fountain or whatever. Tossing. Uh, we're doing quizzes. I think on Thursday we're doing Casablanca, which is a fan request one. So you can also find me at patreon.com backslash video. Drew Help support a sister out in these, in these strange times. Um, also even if you just want to support us by going to content candy, wherever you get podcasts, um, leaving a review, dropping a like and a follow that can really help out too. And if you do and take a screenshot of your comment, I will endorse you for whatever you want on LinkedIn. And guys, that's my ass on the line. Cause I use LinkedIn a lot now. <laughs>
1: See, really, this could really bite you in the ass. This could
0: really bite me in the ass. So uh don't abuse this system that literally no one's taken advantage of so far. But uh yeah guys, hope you enjoyed this episode of Garmin Showsia yeah, and we'll be back next week. Yay, bye. Say bye. Bye. Okay.